friends and welcome to another episode of Salavigi Podcast. This is episode number 50. I'm very happy that we made it this far and it's all thanks to you. Amazing listeners because you've been listening to all the episodes before and you've been very supportive through our social medias, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Also, I've been receiving emails at solobgpodcast.gmail.com so thank you very much for that as well and yeah this is episode number 50 and if this is your first time in the show well uh welcome and this is a very special one like i mentioned before uh you know you can listen to all the episodes they're available wherever you listen to podcasts you can be listening right now through spotify itunes google play amazon uh stitcher ivox uh, and up, pretty much everywhere, everywhere you can, the podcast can be found. And anyway, uh, this is a podcast that we talk about solo and cooperative board games. That's right, board games that you can play solo or you can play as a team with your friends and we all fighting or we all playing against the game. Also, once per month, that means every three or four weeks, we have an episode that is called Solo with Friends under Solo BG Podcast as well. And we talk about a game that it cannot be played solo. And most likely that will be a competitive board game. So anyway, this is what this show is about. This is episode number 50 once again. And because it's the number 50, we have a very special guest. This interview that you're going to hear, it was recorded on the month of November 2019. And it's with my friend Adam Smith. Now, Adam Smith... Is most famous known by his channel of Rolling Solo on YouTube. And Rolling Solo, it's a channel that where Adam teaches you how to play most of the amazing board games, you know, in a solo. He does solo playthroughs. And he also does unboxings for pre-Kickstarter, post-Kickstarters. And he has a lot of good information for solo gamers. I think he's one of the most popular content creators of solo gaming out there. And he does in a great way, great quality, very original, very unique, very authentic, which is most important. Now, I need to confess, and you will hear during the interview, Adam uh, Smith, he was a huge inspiration for me to start this podcast, this project. Also with, uh, you will hear in the interview, I, don't want to spoil, I won't spoil you, but also with Rodney Smith from Watched Played also was a big uh, inspiration. So anyway, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you stay for more after this episode number 50. I hope you can give me a chance and, you know, listen to the previous ones because I'm pretty sure you will have fun. We have from last year, very good ones. For this year, very good ones. Now, uh, on, the, on the next couple of weeks, you will have very special episodes as well. I already recorded an interview uh, with my friend Sam Ajo from Gambling Games, which is going to be the next episode number 51. And then we will have our top five, like last year, our top five solo or cooperative games. Also, our top five solo with friends games. And we will have also the list of shame for this year. And that's going to be on episode number 52. And with that being said, well, welcome to the episode 50 once again. Thank you so much for letting me be in your speakers and for be the voice that probably you can, you know, find, you know, helpful for some advice on a game. Or if you're just, you know, driving like most of the time that I do and listening to podcasts. And, or if you're, like I always say, on the subway, on the train, on an airplane, you're streaming, you're running, you're doing whatever. Thank you so much for letting me be part of your life and play some games with you, at least through the speaker. And I'm looking forward to do it soon in any of the you know upcoming conventions. Anyway, this is Derek. Welcome to episode number 50 or Solo BG Podcast. Here it is for you in three, two, one.
Welcome to Solo BG, your podcast for solo and cooperative board games. Here you will find everything you need to know about your favorite and most recent games. Art, rules, gameplays and interviews. Here is your host, Derek Rodriguez. Hey friends, so now we are here like you're here in the introduction. In episode number 50, we made it. It was unbelievable. I'm so proud of you amazing listeners, of you amazing friends that have been supporting the show since the beginning. I already told you this in the introduction, but anyway, you know I love you so much, so that's why I say it again. And you have been bearing with me with this awful accent, like the one that I use, of course, to talk. And thank you so much. And because it's episode 50, like I told you before, we have a very, very, and I say very, again, very special guest which is spoiler alert, you know, I'm a huge fan of his work. Uh, he was, he played a big, big part as an inspiration for me to start this project, the Solo BG Podcast Project. And in case you have been in a bubble for the last three years, which I don't think because you're listening to a solo board gaming podcast, uh, there's the biggest, biggest, biggest create, uh, content creator out there for YouTube, which is Adam Smith from Lo Rolling Solo, which he is here tonight with us. Welcome, Mr. Adam Smith. So glad to have you here in Solo BG Podcast. Hello, how's it going? That it's was going an great. amazing, yeah. amazing uh, intro to this. Well, it's, you know, so thank it's you a, very it's much a, for that. No, it's the least that I can do for you know rolling solo. And like I said before, it was it was an inspiration for me. And up to this date, if I want to back something from Kickstarter or if I want to see an unboxing or or if I just want to learn how to play a game that usually the solo games, they tend to be complex. Um, I just avoid the rule book and I just go to rolling solo in YouTube and there is, you came with all the answers. So that's good. <laughs> so uh, for all of you, like I said, that you have been in, probably in the last three years in the bubble, which I don't think is too many of you. Um, I would like to start tonight the conversation tonight with Adam Smith to ask who is Adam Smith? Who is Adam Smith as a gamer? You know, just give us your background. Like I always say, speak from your heart, my friend. Well, I mean, I could, I'll try to sum up kind of my past quickly so that we don't kind of linger on that too, too long. But basically, uh, in a nutshell, in my past, when I was in my teenage years, I was really into like most people were video games for a certain portion of that. And that kind of grew into a, a massive amount of my life. Um, but at the same time, every once in a while, uh, I would actually go over to uh, my uncle's house, who is Rodney Smith, back when I was a teenager. We would actually play the odd game, card game, board game, that type of thing. Typically not board games, usually card games, usually like collectible CCG type stuff. So Lord of the Rings, Star Wars, that, those type of games. Okay. And uh, yeah, so it kind of started there, but it wasn't really the focus of like, I didn't realize how much I enjoyed it. I just always was into video games and we still got together for that stuff. And uh, and yeah, and then, of course, I, this is when I used to live on the east coast of Canada. And then later on in life, I moved and went to the west coast. And now I'm on the opposite side of Canada, uh, nowhere near him anymore. So he's still <laughs> on the other side. So that kind of thing basically stopped. Uh, and as soon as I moved, I I literally don't think I ever picked up another card game or board game ever again um, up until about a few years just before I started the channel, essentially. Um, okay. 
yeah, so that's kind of the the jump to light speed uh, intro in terms of my my background, because uh, a lot of us are into video games and and, and usually have tie into some type of card card or board game if we're doing some type of content creation because that's where the passion kind of comes from. Uh, but when I moved to the West Coast, I didn't really uh, do any of that. As I mentioned, I just kind of stuck on the video game train. And then one day I saw this game pop up. And, of course, Roddy was doing his watch it play thing at this point. In I, time, was, right? I was I was, going to say, I was going to stop you right now. Yeah. yeah. In case of all of you are missing this, I'm like, oh, there's a Rodney Smith around the world. Well, we're, you're thinking about the right Rodney Smith, which is, yeah. you know, from watch it play, which I was telling you, Adam, before we start on, our, you know, to record on air, I guess, let's call it, um, that, I, as you know, I'm missing this interview I've been telling in the past. And if Rodney is listening, Rodney... Thank you so much, my friend. Uh, you know, Adam and Rodney, they play a huge, huge, huge part as an inspiration for me to create the, this project. Uh, I already told Adam before we start to record. Um, and, you know, Rodney as well. I mean, they both, uh, it will, it will, the time will come when I explain my, when I will tell you my experience with Rodney, which I, when I saw him on last GenCon, I told him like, hey, you know, I was the guy with the emails and he, he was very kind and he remembered. Uh, or at least that's what he said. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, it, the time will come. But anyway, both of them, they play a huge inspiration for me to start the show. And I guess the, the Smith family, you know, is is very uh, talented with board games. So, you know, they, they not only do great content, they also inspire more people to do their things. So that's great. <laughs> He honestly, he roped me in, too, because, uh, you know, again, like I wasn't really doing that kind of stuff when I moved. And then he he was doing his watch a play thing. And of course, you know, not every not everything that's out there in terms of videos you watch. Right. Like so you don't see everything, um, even though he's my uncle. I don't watch every single video. But every once in a while, he he he'd do a video that I was like, oh, that game looks really interesting. I kind of like that. And uh, one of the ones that he did was Lord of the Rings, the card game. And uh-huh. uh, when I watched that and I watched him play it and he taught it and everything, I went, oh, that looks really good. And I really like the movies and the books and stuff. Okay. And then I kind of remembered back to those days when we played uh, Lord of the Rings CCG and stuff like that. So I was like, oh, maybe this is something that I'd be interested in. So that's kind of like it was that along with actually. Um, so Rodney, obviously, being my uncle, he's an inspiration to me. But another person actually who's creating content content for solo gamers that's been around uh, for a while as well is Ricky Royal. And oh, I, yeah, I yeah, yeah. Mage Knight content, and that was enough. So I had kind of like the Lord of the Rings and Mage Knight solo stuff being spoon fed to me through these guys. And I was going, like, there's something going on here. Like, this is this is interesting. It's not really, <laughs> I mean, again, Rodney doesn't focus on solo. Uh, Ricky Royal does, uh, you know, focus on that area. But um, they both kind of yanked me in to the hobby a little bit by watching their videos. So, yeah, that's essentially what caused me to go out and pick it up. And from that point on, that's kind of when the, uh, that's kind of when the wallet started to uh, suffer greatly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, now that you mentioned Ricky Royal, uh, you know, one of, I mean, I started in, in the hobby, um, you know, a few years ago. My, I was mainly playing a Star Wars too, but I was with the X-wing miniatures back okay. when I was when I was in sex in Texas. I'm sorry, in the, playing tournaments and stuff like that. Then I moved here to Indianapolis, Indiana, and I guess because of the Gen Con fever and everything, uh, then I started to make friends here and I started to go more deep into board games. Uh, but Ricky Royal was also one of the first ones that I start to saw. I remember watching all his tutorial with uh, Arkham Horror, the first edition, the board oh, game. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. It, it make it seem pretty, ep- pretty epic. Yeah, and it's, it I mean, but yeah, Ricky Royal also, I think, like you're right. Now that you mentioned, he has been also uh, definitely a source of, you know, inspiration for playing more solo games 
But now I feel like your channel, and this is a, a true opinion, and I'm pretty sure a lot of, of you amazing listeners will uh, think the same. Your channel, or that what it is rolling solo, has come to evolve that even more. I mean, I, I mean, I'm not saying like who is better or things like that. It's just you know it, they feel very different because uh, your channel is just feel like more, you know, more uh, dynamic. I guess where do you came with the idea of doing the way that you do it? Because here is the thing: you take it as a first person, right? Like you're showing the game and you're showing the table, basically. It's very yes. weird yeah. that we see you on videos. I actually <laughs> don't think that you have been in videos unless I'm wrong and you can tell me. I, yeah, um, so if you wanted, yeah, so if you wanted to know, I, I've only been in a couple. So it's kind of like it's one of those things you like skim through all my videos and, and hope to find me. But there is okay. there was a handful I was in for like giveaway stuff for, for a period of time when I was doing that stuff. Um, and then and, and I still do the odd giveaway here and there. But there was a there was a point in time where I was doing them pretty much back to back. Um but again, like there's a lot of work that goes into that kind of stuff. So I wanted to focus more on the content than the giveaways at a certain point. But still, I got myself on camera for those because I could announce a winner and talk about the giveaway. It gave me a reason yeah. to kind of get my hands away from the camera and actually <laughs> be in front of it. But you um, never do tutorials in front of the camera, right? Like all your tutorials right. yeah, yeah. are always first person, basically yeah. shooting first person. Yeah. That's so right. that, that's so that's when when did you decide? And I'm asking because we were talking, for example, about your uncle. That I was a hmm. source of inspiration, of course. And if you watch most of the YouTubers, I guess, gaming creator contents, usually they have kind of the same, you know, style or mechanic. Like you see them, they're talking, then they show you nice. the game, and then their camera sh go go back Goes to, to the, the table. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and like I said, you you have been on those videos for giveaways, but not for tutorials. What makes you decide, like, you basically wanted to be like, you know what, for the tutorial, it's just going to be the game, not me. That's it. Uh, it, it's and so when I was first starting I mean to be totally honest and that's what yeah. I want to be is is like when you first start something like this and, and any kind of content creation you're not really a hundred percent of yourself because you're you're you usually when you start something you're you're probably 40 percent or maybe even less of what you actually are capable of probably even less than that um so in other words, like when you come up with an idea in your head, you go, oh, I'll, I'll film the game. And you've got some maybe bright ideas as to how you might do it differently than somebody else or how you can kind of advance it. But at the end of the day, you're also doesn't matter how going you are. You're also kind of unsure of how people are going to latch on to what you do, essentially. So yeah. I kind of looked at it and was like, oh, if I get in front of the camera and, you know, and I, and I start doing that, then it becomes something that I need to start doing all the time. So then it becomes, so I kind of, I looked at it from more like, what is it going to lead me into in the future more so than what benefit or gain do I get like temporarily in the moment? Yeah. So I looked at it like once I get in front of the camera, that's going to be an expectation going forward. So then I can never not be in front of the camera. So, and that's not a bad thing or, you know, it's not, it's not on either side. Um, but it was also one of those things where I was uh, another part to play behind the scenes was that I was I had just uh, so my wife had just given birth to um, my first daughter. Okay. So like I had a lot of that going on as well because I'd started that started that really poor decision to start that in conjunction with, with a new kid. <laughs> but I did somehow managed to pull that off. And uh, she deserves a lot of credit, too, for allowing me to spend the time I do to do this on certain of course. a large number of the nights a week. But mm -hmm. the. Um, the big thing too was just that like time, like I, I didn't know that I could dedicate the time to be ready to be in front of the camera on top of the learning, the games, the actual recording of it, the editing, like you add all that stuff together and the time can just go out the window. So I thought, you know what, if I'm not in front of the camera, that eliminates some of the 
extra time that some other people might be spending to get a video out. Um, but the downside of that is your face isn't there. It's your, you know, your the connection to the audience may not be as strong unless you can really convey it somehow through your two hands and the table, which is what I'm trying, which is what I try to go for essentially. No, At least it, currently until I can kind of get more of a time commitment to say, okay, let's, let's start getting in front of the camera a little more often. Cause it certainly has nothing to do with me being camera shy. Um, Cause I do, I've, I've been on uh, a handful of videos of mine where I've been in front of the camera and I actually enjoyed it uh, yeah. quite a bit. Which actually we're going to talk about that in towards, you know, as we advance in the episode, I don't want to spoil yet, <laughs> but we're going to talk about a way that I'm pretty sure you're going to be able to see Adam more. You're going to be able to see his face more often if you do certain things. So we will talk about it later during the episode anyway. But now that you were talking about, you know, and that's true, you know, we I'm, I'm in the same boat like you. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know when we will we will go to that. I don't know how many videos you record uh, per week, which you already mentioned that sometimes it's a few or or it's, I don't know. We're going to talk about it's it. It's like but three to three to four. Three maybe? to four. You, in that, you in that range. Like I do, I do a, a weekly podcast and, you know, and, and the podcast, of course, I don't think it's as hard as the video. Yes, there's some editing, but isn't, I'm assuming it's not that complex as a video. Um, so I can't imagine how many time you, you, you spend during the week, like you said, not only playing the games because you need to play, you need to learn, yes. <laughs> but then do it in front of the camera and make sure that everything goes as smooth as possible. And that way the editing process goes less complex, I guess. Yeah, like it's it's one of those things. And again, like uh, there's kudos to be given to you guys for podcasting as well, because that's that's one avenue I haven't explored before. So I'm not sure even on the time commitment you guys. Oh, we can we can do it together, my friend. (laughs) (laughs) I know for sure that none of this is is easy in terms of like time uh, either way. But like, yeah. um, Yeah, you do say. Okay, so you, you, you say you do three three games per week. Okay, so that's that Yeah, I do about three to four videos a week or so. And again, like there's weeks where I may not, you know, I may only be able to get out two or something like this, but typically it's three to four and, and it stayed pretty constant for, for the most part. And that's something that I'm actually surprised at myself I was able to even pull off. Um, okay. But again, like in a typical night, I'm probably spending on in the on the weeknights and stuff like this i'm probably spending an entire night for until like usually 12 or 12 30 so as soon as i'm done dinner it's like from then on <laughs> and, <laughs> so, and, and you you do your i mean i guess as the most of the people do you have your normal job uh, that you do outside of life i do yeah okay. so that's what so, makes it even more insane is that i'm actually holding down like a, an actual job uh, as well on top of this so it's a oh, lot man. but it's one of those things where you're like i don't know there's I went through a period where I was mentioning earlier where like I just love playing video games all the time, right? So that was my way to come home after work and just kind of like let loose and and have fun essentially. Okay. Yeah. But the cool thing is with this is that I thought at least at the beginning I was like, "Oh, you know what? I'm do I'm playing Lord of the Rings by myself. I'm playing Mage Knight by myself. I'm enjoying this stuff." But you know what? I could just stick a camera in front of myself here and like and see where this goes. Like try it, right? Like see if I could actually teach people these games cuz I spend time doing it. Yeah, I was already doing this stuff in my downtime, and I knew the video game thing was not something I wanted to get into because it's just the the the, the it's just a beast. It's just too huge at this point uh, to okay. even try to enter into that space. Um, you'd have to be radical to make to make your footprint in that in that world. Yeah, I'm pretty um, sure. So, 
yeah so with the board game stuff it was like i'm already playing lord of the rings for five hours a night uh i might as well just put a camera in front of myself and try to see where you know where this goes and then and then all of a sudden you start doing it and of course the beginning you're a little obsessed so you're doing it a lot you're pumping out a lot of stuff but you're not editing anything it's raw there's errors uh you're you're literally i was doing single takes straight through for like an hour and then shooting that out because i didn't want to touch editing i didn't want again like i was saying before everything you add into your videos becomes an expectation for the future so i didn't want to add anything i couldn't be fully sure that i could continue doing onwards so that's kind of where I was like, if I'm, I'm not going to start editing videos until I know I can do it and I have the time. <laughs> and yeah, that way, because and, if and you I start saying, hey, look at my old these... videos, they are like not edited. They're they're pretty raw and uh, I'm not as energetic because, of course, I'm new to it. So I'm not as uh, I'm more timid, I guess, in front of the camera and stuff like this. But then as the videos went on, that's where I was saying earlier, you're kind of like a shell of yourself when you first start. And then all yeah. of a sudden it's like, OK now I feel comfortable. This is who I am normally. Like I'm no longer being like a turtle in a shell kind of thing. <laughs> so but, that makes me wonder. So, I mean, since your volume, you know, per week of doing three, three, three videos per week and plus editing and things like that, nobody helps you to edit. I guess, I guess you do it by yourself. Yeah. Um, how, how many, how many games do you actually play per week? I mean, because I mean, before you bring them to the camera, of course, I mean, I can tell that you already know the rules very well. Um, so you're playing probably the, the, the t- by the time that you're recording, probably is your third time playing the game or something. Uh, so how many games do you play per week? Do you, do you keep, do you keep a record on like the, you know, like we all do in the app, like, okay, I'm, I've been playing 300 games so far on the year or, or things like that. Do you have, do you keep a, a stats for that or? I or just... used to do it a little bit better than I do now. Like I, but okay. it got off the rails. So I used to do it in board game geek. I go in there and I put entries for every game that I was playing. And then eventually it was like, Oh, like what's what's considered a full play versus a half play versus learning and all like it started, it started kind of like, cause once you move to content, it's like, well, how am I actually labeling my plays now? And it yeah. just got to the point where I was like, this is extra stuff. I don't really need to be doing <laughs> like in terms <laughs> of like tracking it. But when I was not doing content, I was tracking, like if I played Lord of the Rings in a certain game and I got a certain score. And then, you know, if I tried it again, like I was nailing down every single little stat um but yeah as soon as as soon as the the channel started i was like this is just an extra thing i should probably get away from um Uh but in terms of how much i'm doing in a week like again obviously it varies but uh i do have tables uh so i used to when i first started i had a couple and i still do i have a couple uh tables that are just foldable tables they're nothing fancy um i have two of them in the room right now i have my desk table here as well so allows me to technically play have three on the go at once but that I did that at one point and it, it almost made me mentally break because it was like so much <laughs> to try to like remember between the three games yeah. and also keeping them all going at once. So I kind of tamed it down to two at a time as my maximum. Okay. And then uh, so and then I picked up uh, game toppers to try to basically put some type of like, I don't know, looking at a Costco table for a certain period of time eventually gets kind of boring. So you're like, ah, yeah, yeah. it'd be nice to kind of enhance this experience, make it look a little bit nicer. And I don't feel like putting a full on wooden table in my room that's going to permanently be sitting there. Yeah. So, yeah, picked up two game toppers, threw them on my tables. And then uh, and now I have like I have the ability to essentially film between two tables or have two games going at once and be filming one and not the other. So you can kind of be learning the game that's coming behind the one you're filming, that type of thing. But yeah, it, it can kind of be a little crazy at times because you're film like I like last night, for instance, I filmed the conclusion of the Nemesis uh, mission number one. 
on the one oh, that's table. That's a big game. Yeah, that's I'm a like big unboxing game. videos on the other table while also trying to set up my next, you know, series coming. So it's just like you're kind I, of doing this revolving door thing like all the time, <laughs> which is fun. Yeah. yeah. But you know what? I mean, I I'm, I can tell that by your by your videos, by right now we're now we're talking. I mean, it's something that you actually you can see that you really enjoy it. Like you're having Absolutely fun. Love. Are you doing? Yeah. Of course, it could be a probably a little bit, you know, um, tired sometimes. Probably the the editing process more than other thing. Yeah. But um, but I can tell that you enjoy. It. And it's the same with me. And I told my friends, as just like you, I have a full time job as well. And you know, sometimes I tell me like, man, you do a weekly podcast. I mean, we do a podcast. <laughs> like, where do you fit that once- in? <laughs> yeah. But I always sound like, you know, I mean, it's because it's a, it's a way for me. I'm pretty sure like you and I'm like, you already mentioned it. Yeah. It's a way it's a way of sharing the passion for the hobby. Yeah. So if the time comes when you don't enjoy it anymore, probably I won't do it because for that I have my job. Right. <laughs> I mean, but I mean, if I want to do this, it's just more for the love of the art, I guess, for fun, for share the hobby. The same thing that you do. And I'm pretty sure I can see the future, Adam, that you probably will be doing this. That's a full-time full-time job pretty pretty soon in the future. That's the well, that's the thing. Like I have I have no like again, kind of like I've been thinking the whole time along. I don't really have an end game. I don't really have an actual point I'm trying to get to in, in my mind. I'm just trying to continue to kind of add things to the channel as I go along and yeah. make those little tweaks here and there as I know I have time to do it. And, and that's kind of, if you like, again, for the people that have followed me throughout, you can see like the things that have changed over time and how things have gotten better in certain areas and stuff like that. And of course, I obviously made slip ups and had to change things and whatever to try to figure out the best way to do it, in my opinion. But uh-huh. um, but yeah, it's like a learning process and you kind of you kind of go through it. But the the coolest I think the one thing that really matters for people that want to get into this kind of stuff is like, yes, you definitely have to have a burning passion for it, because if you don't it's very easy just like it'd be equivalent to like going to the gym like I, I actually do enjoy going to the gym as well as like that's something that I used to do four times a week uh, okay. when you have kids you you realize you can't get out of the house that often <laughs> so <laughs> so that's kind of what substituted my gym thing was like I used to go to the gym and that was my way of coming out of a stressful day of work and then detoxing essentially and, and get it you know venting out all that energy that I didn't spend at work um yeah and then now I come here and I was like, I used to just play games, but I found that over time I wasn't burning that energy. But now when you start filming and you start talking and explaining, by the time you're done, you've, I mean, it's not a workout. It's not a gym. It's nothing like a gym, but it certainly drains you. Like you definitely come to bed uh, and you're like, okay, I'm, I'm pretty taxed <laughs> at this point. <laughs> yeah. So but the thing is, is that the, what, what matters from that is that you, when you go to, like when I go to bed, I feel good like in terms of what i accomplished and, and yeah. stuff like that and that's kind of what matters is like if you're going to do it it's yeah. got to be something that and everyone will say this uh, you, you've got to you got to love it and if you don't love it it's going to become uh you know a job to you and, and yeah. that's something as soon as as soon as your brain clicks from this was me playing games to me doing this religiously because i have to do it uh that's when that's when the joy starts seeping away and and people have fallen into that before too yeah yeah for sure i mean i i mean yeah and I, that was going to lead to my to my next uh my next topic in a little bit but now i i guess you have tell me something does it happen to you as well that for example me and my i'm at my job and sometimes i'm most of the time i'm thinking about board games like you said <laughs> i go to i go to bed and i'm like oh man this game was so good or oh man i didn't like this game at all or think i mean it's just everything around the hobby does it happen the same to you 
Yeah. Or, yep. or you actually disconnect like once nope, you, once you stop I don't the disconnect. Camera. I I've got I it's you might as well put the the phone in my arm. It's it's pretty bad. <laughs> like it's yeah. yeah, and it's something that I try to and again I the only time that I I ensure that I'm trying not to you know, cuz I'm already spending time doing this stuff, but I when it comes to family like my my wife and my kid, it's like that's when I'm trying to disconnect. And even yeah, then sure. it's really hard because <laughs> everything inside of me wants to you know check to see what's coming out what's going on like yeah. and respond to people that are asking questions and that's the thing like, it's a it's one of those things where you don't realize how much follow-up there is to stuff too like even just doing a video putting it out there you don't just wipe your hands and walk away I mean some people can do that and that's okay but like I like responding to the comments I get so then it's yeah. like shoot there's a whole aspect of like responding to every <laughs> single comment and you realize like that's a and connection then, with your audience that is, is worth doing, but it also takes time. What about when they ask you things like for a, for a video that you post like three years ago, it's <laughs> like, Hey, I think you did this wrong in the minute. So, and so, because you should have you know played what? that actually happened <laughs> today. And, and I literally just respond. I'm like, thanks for, you know, thanks for watching. Thank you for the feedback. But to be totally honest with you, I haven't played it in a year and you know, <laughs> you'd be better off going to board game geek. Because if I, if I tried to dig up the answer, that's where I'd end up going. Like in terms I, of trying to figure it out. I know. And, and I'm pretty sure it's very hard also, because now that you were mentioning about, you know, when you started doing the things like more religiously, um, I think that happens, and we will talk about this a little bit too. Like you start, for example, in, in your case, right, Adam? You start, you start the channel, then it keeps keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger, keeps growing in audience. More people are following you, and of course, the publishers catch that, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty sure That's they true. start to send you games, publishers, designers, kickstarters, and things like that. So how do you, how do you really manage to do like uh, to to avoid that part of the oh man i had to do it because i have the commitment and more doing it like well they send me this game i mean i'm gonna play it because you know it seems fun or whatever now in the other hand do, have you had and of course don't 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 say which which game <laughs> it is but have you had the experience of like okay adam here is this game for you yeah and then you're like man i didn't really enjoy this game at all oh 100 that happens all the time there's no there's no <laughs> way anyone anyone that produces content could ever say that they've either bought a game or been given a game that they didn't turn around and go wow that was not what i was expecting um and it's not that it was maybe terrible but it just wasn't like your thing like it for you it was not gonna work and then if you give it to someone else they make oh it was amazing yeah um because I, I don't know like the whole and this is a this is this is when you go down a massive bunny trail in my brain towards reviewing because that's something I just don't do on my channel and that's that's actually a huge chunk and that's probably the only thing that I probably grabbed from my uncle's channel that I that carried to mine it, because everything else is fairly different uh, we don't really overlap in most videos yeah. at all in our styles but that is constant where I just I've never felt the uh, I don't know. I kind of never wanted to go down the review road just from the standpoint of it being, um, it's very, there was, there was, yeah, it's, it was one of those things where like, it didn't matter how many times I tried to argue in my mind, you know, pluses and minuses of why, you know, I I'd want to do it. Cause there is a side to it. That's like reviewing is a big thing in the industry. Like just the idea of reviews, it's just how everything's based off, uh, yeah. you know, movies, books, whatever, like it's, everything's reviewed. So when you say I'm not going to do reviews, you're basically saying that content will never show up on my channel. And it's one of the biggest things that's out there. Um, yeah. But the reason I avoided it was mainly just because I wanted, at the end of the day, I kind of wanted to be a non, as because I don't think you can ever truly be 
completely uh, unbiased. I don't think it's even possible because technically if I have a channel like I do right now and I have a following, doesn't matter what number, and I put a game on it, that's already a bias, technically. Yeah. Without even saying anything. Because basically by playing a game on the channel, people are going, well, I mean, you wouldn't be playing that on the channel if you didn't enjoy it. Because uh, otherwise you're just suffering through it. Uh, not <laughs> yeah. for, and that's for me that applies. Not for everybody else, but for me because I don't review. So when they see a game on my channel, they go, He's, he must like it. Because it, it, why would he bother? And it's true. That's that's the reason why it's on the channel is because I like it. And that keeps things nice and clean. And I don't have to worry about like putting a game on the channel and then going, this is garbage. Okay. <laughs> and so I how, also, how, I also how spent do you 20 that? hours like, doing it. And I really didn't like it. So how um, do you manage, for example, if somebody sends you like this huge game, I don't know, like I'm not going to say any, any names, right? But yeah. they send you this huge, epic game, whatever, like big boxes and a thousand minis like everybody likes and all that stuff. And then you actually play and you're like, you know, you don't know, man. I mean, I, I, I just don't like it. So I don't feel like I don't feel like I'm even going to have fun bringing it to the channel. Like, how do you manage that? Just you just don't bring it or, or I mean, how do you approach that those situations? Yeah, it definitely. So like again, like I, I do buy a good chunk of my own uh, stuff through Kickstarter. So for the Kickstarter okay. type of stuff, I'm typically backing. Um, but yes, there are companies out there that will turn around sometimes and be like, hey, we would love to you know, offer this to you if you wanted to think about doing a showcase or something like this. And that that kind of came, like you said, over time, like it kind of more so within the last six months to a year probably mm-hmm. less like six months or so it's yeah. like you get to a certain point and people are like oh yeah because they can see there's value in me putting on there on my channel but uh, to me that was another huge thing along with the reviewing that i never wanted to fall into was the idea of just accepting everything that everybody offers so and i'm not yeah. getting offers like my email is not blowing up with so many offers that i can't control it um but I do get the odd, you know, like getting emails where people are saying like, yeah, we'd be willing to send that to you and stuff. Like and but but mainly the ones that I actually do videos for are the ones that I've actually gone out and either picked up myself off yeah. Kickstarter or I asked that actual publisher if they'd be willing to provide it. Because I know deep down inside, this is exactly the type of game that I'm willing to put my name behind, essentially. And yeah. I don't even need to play it. I just see the rule. I can see the rule book. I can read the rule book. And I know instantly just based on how many times I've played games in the past. And that's another thing that I think a lot of people don't understand is like with that whole reviewer copy versus you buying it yourself type thing. It's like, yes. I mean, for reviewers, that's a big sticking point because you're trying to figure out like, ooh, if somebody gives you a free game and and you're a reviewer, how do you say something positive or negative? It gets kind of exactly. wishy-washy there, it gets yeah. dicey. I don't have to deal with that because I don't do reviews. So someone sends me their stuff and I don't want to cover it. I just don't cover it. <laughs> it's like, okay. So but at the same yeah. time, I don't also go out of my way to accept games that I'm just not interested in. So I don't have like a plethora of games sitting around where I'm just like, haha, I've got a bunch of games and I'm not ever going to put them on the channel because I just decide not to. I'm actually only going after particular games or buying them myself if I actually really want them on. Like Nemesis was one. I was like, I paid for Nemesis. Yeah. So I was like, I want it. <laughs> Which we will talk about Kickstarter in a little bit. But, you know, I mean, sharing with you, uh, you know, my, my experience kind of, it's the same, like now, like thankfully the, the podcast has been growing and, and all that stuff. And it's because of you amazing listeners, of course, and friends that you support the, the, the podcast. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, it, it gets to the point like this is my opinion, right? I've been receiving games. And every time, you know, amazing listeners, when I do an episode that is about a game that I that I receive, uh, you know, basically for free from the from the publishers or designers, right. I always tell you in advance, like, you know, this episode, the, uh, the game was provided either at Gen Con or they send it to me or whatsoever. But 
I here is the thing for me, and I mean, and I would like I would like to know your opinion. For me, some reviewers, or most of the reviewers, or probably the most famous reviewer, which once again I won't mention any names. Yeah. Sometimes you you hearing when reviewers say like, okay, well this is a bad game. I don't know why they call this a game and this and that, right? Um, but in my opinion, this, once again, this is my opinion. That's when the review part comes and fall on the subjective, the subjective. I'm sorry, gray area. That for me, for me, there's no b bad games out there um, because I always think like, okay, somebody put a lot of effort, energy, and love and time on this project, and not mm -hmm. only the designer, the publisher as well, and not only the yeah. publisher. The graphic designer, the artist, the however you want to call it, the, whoever made the scripts or the story or whatever. So there's games that they're for certain kind of people and games for other kind of people. But that doesn't mean because I play a game that I didn't like, that doesn't make it a bad game. So that's very hard, like you were mentioning sometimes in reviewer, when reviewers said like bad game or good games, don't you think? Because I mean, unless you, unless, I want to know what your opinion. Do you think there's bad games out there or you think it's just different games for for different people i guess i i probably want to say okay so first off i i do think there's definitely like if i'm gonna i mean there's definitely bad games out there for sure in my okay. opinion at least in terms of how they're constructed okay so this is where it gets weird because like typically in the in the, if you go to board game geek and take a look at like the top you know x amount of games or whatever like the majority of those games are well made the art is great the mechanics are great or good or average like most of them aren't terrible but i mean there's obviously going to be games that someone's going to put out that you're going to go like this was like a one-man job it was a first attempt it's really bad. <laughs> like, yeah. So th those are going to exist. They're out there. They're, like they, It's going to happen. But are they the majority? Probably not, because most of them never get the light of day because they're not going to get like far enough into the content creator world to ever be kind of blasted out there. OK. So that, yeah, when you're talking about like just going through, like if you went through Board Game Geek, and you're looking at the hotness list. I mean, obviously, most of those games are going to be like up there, but some of them are actually just pulled into the hotness because everyone's talking about how bad they are. Yeah. <laughs> so, so there's a mix of that, too. Right. But. I don't know. It's just reviewing for me has always been one of those things where it's like, yes, there's just too many. There's way too many factors in reviewing, in my opinion, for me to cleanly go into it. I just I don't like and it's same thing with movies. Like when I sit down, if I'm uh, turning on Netflix and I'm trying to look up a show, I cannot count how many times I have looked at reviews from the critics and from people that have watched a movie. And then I've watched the movie and I've been like what movie were those people watching? Like I see something <laughs> totally different here than they saw. That's it, a, cla it, that's it, a classic road in tomatoes. I hate. Rotten yeah. Tomatoes. So it's like, <laughs> yes. so that's where that, I mean, so in my opinion, it's kind of broken into two groups. You have like the 5% and lower category of like absolutely horrific games that are just kind of one shot attempts at first becoming a designer. They're probably really bad. Uh, you know, they don't have all the money behind them. They don't have the publisher behind it, blah, blah. But then eventually you get into the bucket that we're in where it's like you're looking at games that are like these are high quality, expensive games. So even if they're mechanically not good, some of them can pass and get past reviewers just because they look good. Like it's just like, yeah. oh, that's really nice on the table, looks fancy. But like, you know, in the, and that's where it comes down to the reviewer to be really critical of like, is the actual mechanics any good versus yeah. all the fanciness I'm looking at? Because fanciness is going to continue to escalate as the years go on. Um, yeah. Unless, of course, the price of stuff just starts 
you know, jumping through the ceiling to the point we can't do it anymore. <laughs> yeah, I know it's something. And, and sometimes <laughs> and it you is, see it these, is going up. It just yeah. keeps going up, and people keep going. I mean, eventually, it's like, yeah, we can buy a lot of games, but eventually, one game's going to cost us like an arm. <laughs> so yeah, like, basically, yeah. <laughs> and now, now that we're talking about Kickstarter, have you regret of any Kickstarter that you have back? Oh, that's a great question. Um, well, I have regret. I okay, so first off, the biggest regret I ever have from uh, from Kickstarter would be uh, any type of furniture backing I've ever done related <laughs> to gaming. I would I would put the high, and, and it's not to say that it's not doable because the one person who's done it and done it really well is Berkey and Game Toppers. Like they actually yeah. follow through with what they meant to do the first time, and then they made it better the second time. That is rare. Like it's really rare when you're talking board game furniture, like uh, lazy Susan type stuff or tables or like any of this little accessory type stuff you want to jazz up your game room with. Yeah. Those are the ones I got burned on. And, uh, and those are the ones that, uh, you know, fell through the cracks and stuff like this. But honestly, games wise, uh, maybe I'm just really lucky, but I really, really am kind of, um, I am pretty picky in terms of like when I look at a game, I can I, I generally feel like I have a good radar in terms of like this, you know, this is a dangerous idea to try to back. Like I can look at a game and go like, OK, first project, don't really know anything about the publisher at all. Don't really know much about what they're saying here. They're not giving me a rule book. They're like, you know, what I mean, and then there's enough okay. red flags come up and I go like gone. It's just out of my out of my out of my uh bucket essentially whereas some people would go but it still looks cool <laughs> and I, know, still I, I, um, I, I have always think that in order to have a very successful campaign on kickstarter you need a great great awesome graphic designer because if you make it look like it's amazing even if, even if the mechanics are very very simple and like you get attention you know, that's yeah, what it is. Exactly. It's, it's it's guaranteed attention. So like, and it's just like anything. It's it's how YouTube operates. If you have a, a thumbnail that drags people in, they'll watch it. So if you have a artist who puts together something for your front page of your Kickstarter, that will make people hang around either an extra five seconds, twenty seconds, a minute, two minutes, or even longer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if it looks terrible on the first jump, you're just gonna go, oh, so that's what the game's gonna look like. Moving on. <laughs> well you're very good because what you know at the beginning when i started on kickstarter which by the way i need to thank to my friend caleb wiles which yeah. oh man which by the way you know you know um caleb wiles it's I, he has been in some of the of the episodes he's a professional magician and i think he's you know very good friends with now with uh with ronnie anyway i wanted to throw it there fun fact but anyway <laughs> i i blame on him my mm -hmm. addiction to kickstarter and i had very <laughs> bad experiences because first i was like oh, okay like you know, for me at the beginning was, okay, I had to wait a year. Right. I'm going to pay right now to somebody to make something that I will receive if everything goes fine in China yeah. in a year. Oh, Not right of, now. It is kind of a crazy thing, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I start to buy games only like, okay, this is 20 bucks. Oh, okay, that's fine. Yeah. This is 25 bucks. Okay, cool. Yeah. Oh, this is 15 bucks. It's Sleepy yeah. Hollow. Oh, I love the theme of Sleepy Hollow. Yeah. Let's back it. But yeah. you know what? Tons of bad experiences. Tons yeah. of bad experiences. Once again, I don't say they're bad games. It's just <laughs> bad, very bad, low-quality experiences. Now, I'm learning to spend my money a little bit wiser and 
you know, I, I'm, I'm more like, like you're saying, like, you know, let me check the rule book and let me see yeah. who is making the game. If and there there's honestly, a, there's honestly like a difference between the two thoughts we are having kind of too, because like you're thinking of it from the standpoint of like, I backed a Kickstarter that looked good, but then the game showed up and it actually wasn't what I wanted or, you know, it didn't, it didn't, whatever it was promoting on Kickstarter, it wasn't what I got in my hands. Yeah. Um, and then there's the aspect of like, oh, this thing didn't even fund or it, you know, or not that it didn't fund, but it just will never fund. <laughs> like it'll yeah. never show up. Um, but yeah, I've, I, I can say that I've had I've had uh, Kickstarters that I backed where I've gotten the game and then I've and it, or it's shown up extremely late. And by the time it showed up, I was like, cool. I was really excited <laughs> about that two years ago. Now I could care less and it's going out the door and it's just because, and it, and it, and it's not necessarily because they miss. Um, so the ones that take a year or two, that's fine. As long as you know, that's the case, but then there's ones that just drag on forever. And then once they finally do deliver, you're like, I've already moved on. Like I already found a game that fits the reason I bought that in the first place. Yeah. Like, so why do I need this now? Like I've already found something better. And that's kind of the, the brutal thing with board games now is this revolving door of games coming out so fast that when you pick something up on Kickstarter, you can literally find that thing to f- scratch that itch somewhere else. Like you might go into your friendly local game shop and be like, oh, there's a game that kind of like, you know, the legendary alien deck building game that came out years ago. Like if you really wanted to find an alien game and you didn't want to back now, ne- or maybe you did back Nemesis. I might, know. I just saw you. Know, you I just saw your channel that you, yeah. you just brought that game. <laughs> And that yeah. game, like you say, it's been like for a few years already. It's one of my favorite from Legendary, by the way. Yeah. Um, and and it's a great game. But I was surprised when I saw you. I saw a video like, what the hell? Like, I have playing? never played that game. And you know what? The, you know what the funny thing is when I when I and this is I've already thrown this thing right off the tracks. <laughs> but yeah. but in terms of like that game showing up was like for whatever reason I had never watched the Alien series. I don't know why. What? I just never watched them. And, What's wrong and with you? <laughs> I don't know. There's something horribly wrong with me. So like, I never got around to watching them, and uh, it was just one of those things that was like always like, oh yeah, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. So then, of course, like when you're a solo gamer at the very, you know, especially back in the Lord of the Rings card game days, that's when Legendary Alien Deck Building Game. That's when all these ones came out and kind of were ingrained in the solo community forever. Yeah. Um, so it's like I'm, I I got hooked on Lord of the Rings, and then of course when you look at Legendary Alien, I'm just like, hmm. Or in Legendary Encounters, I'm kind of going, mm, I've already got that covered. <laughs> like, I'm already yeah. doing a deck builder. I don't need another one. Lord of the Rings is already nightmarish enough. Uh, so <laughs> uh, so I kind of put it to the wayside. But then Nemesis came out, and that's where I kind of went, like, I I, I even got Nemesis, uh, the first wave, and it sat on my shelf unopened for six months. Like, wow. that's how little I cared about the alien theme, but the game looked cool to me. And I was like, this is going to be a dud. This is going to be a dud. I'm going to open this thing up and it's going to be fancy and it's going to have no gameplay and I'm going to throw it at the door. I put it on the <laughs> table and I played it with my nephew and uh, we played through two games and we played the rules wrong, <laughs> but we played through two games. And the only thing we did wrong was we we weren't um, we didn't do the pass as we should we should we weren't doing the do two actions or do an action and pass or do just pass like we weren't doing it the way it was intended to do we were kind of like basically doing two actions each and then moving right to the aliens do two actions each, move right to we were like ruining the entire game but for yeah. some strange reason the game still flowed and worked we still had tons of fun with it and then once we realized we were being silly and, and doing it wrong uh then we played it correctly but that playing nemesis is what got me going like huh this alien thing's kind of cool. Like, I like this game a lot. There's a lot of really interesting things going on here. The mechanics are cool. I'm like, I wonder what the backstory is and all this stuff. And then I was like, oh, 
right. All those movies I've never watched. <laughs> Should probably get on that train. So then did I you, off, I, like, did you watch them already? I jumped on TELUS and I watched Alien and I watched Aliens like two, three weeks ago for the okay. first time ever. And, uh, and what do you think? Well, they were I mean, of course, like, well, they're they're amazing. If you're if you're actually taking them at the time frame they were made in. Yeah, they're incredible. Like if you actually think about the movies that came out around the time that they actually dropped, they are insane. But nowadays, you can look at some of the stuff and go, well, <laughs> a little bit. It has moments where you're like, eh, could have been done better there. But, well, which uh, one do you like better, Alien or Aliens? That's a really good question. Because uh, I will tell you which one is the most, I, I mean, popular speaking, which one is the top from the whole saga. That's why I'm asking you this question. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to, that's really tough. Uh, <laughs> they both are great, but. I, I think I, I think I like the first one. The first one, well, they, like, but, but here's the thing. I think I know that the second one's more popular. Because yeah, it's yeah. more the second one is like, like the whole like saga the, is yeah. like the, the best one. And then the new ones that they did a few years ago, actually, Prometheus was one of them. Okay. Uh, Prometheus is a fantastic, fantastic, fantastic movie. And then I remember the, the one that they made after Prometheus, which is basically a continuation. Um, but those are very good. So, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's an amazing franchise. And, you know, I love when games take those franchise franchise i'm sorry and they they basically turn them into games like i'm a huge fan of james bond and i don't know if you have yeah. played the legendary yeah. james bond that he came in Jenkins. i haven't but i saw it and i was really intrigued i was like that's what i'm interested in i'm like that yeah. yeah it's very good yeah because the only weird thing is that you play with sean connery and pierce Brosnan at the same time <laughs> which is kind of weird right but yeah you're kind of like mean, hmm how does that work yeah one is, one is like 90 year old now and <laughs> But, but I mean, it's, it's, it's basically the same mechanics as, you know, all the encounters. I, I wish the Marvel could be the encounters as well. But yeah. now with Marvel Champions, I guess. Which, by the way, now we, we, we talk about the worst Kickstarter. What has been your favorite Kickstarter so far? Oh, wow. I know it's a tough question. That but is we're going to start now okay, with the tough so, question. So my, fa my favorite Kickstarter by far was probably when I started the channel out. And um, and, and this is going to be my generic response, in my opinion, because I was so I was so new to the content creation stuff. So when this Kickstarter delivered, this was like this is like I'd found gold in my mind. Okay. But this is like this was Gloomhaven. So like when Gloomhaven. and this is first print Gloomhaven because the, the craziness didn't set in until the second print. Uh, the first print was kind of like hey, this looks pretty epic, but like, man, if this thing doesn't pan out, this is a big box of nothing. Um, <laughs> and and I was in with my own money day one uh, on that on that sucker. And then the crazy thing was I was doing, I had started my channel relatively new and I actually reached out to Isaac and I was like, hey, like, uh, or sorry, actually, I'm, I'm thinking about that wrongly. It's, it's the second reprint is when okay. I got to kind of join in um on the side and and stuff like this and there was uh and that was just out of my own interest i was just kind of like oh i'll just play along with you so so it's it definitely like the most exciting kickstarter experience for me was probably gloomhaven because of the channel connection there the excitement behind the game being so big and actually being successful and good not just being like a, a big big pile of stuff in a box um yeah because there's games like you know uh, Gloomhaven, Kingdom Death Monster. These are all types of games that people look at and go, well, it, you know, I don't own it yet because I haven't put the money into it. But I'm guessing it's just a gigantic box of plastic and and, and cards that never get uh, never get played. But these games are actually phenomenal, and and not all of them are. Like not all these big coffin games are. <laughs> yeah. And these two managed to to do it. So now are they, they're coming out. I think I hear with another another version of Gloomhaven, right? 
I would, yeah, I don't the, even know. I'm so like again, like I, it's one of those things, and I haven't even, I haven't picked up the expansion yet. Yeah, because for, I heard I was going to get a, a copy of Gloomhaven because I don't have a copy of it, yeah. and one of my friends he told me like, well, wait, because they're gonna release another Kickstarter apparently with yeah. a more simple setup version, I guess, of the game. Because all uh, I know, okay. I have played the game, uh, but I haven't been involved with the setup. And okay. all I know and I hear and I see is that the setup is an uh, epic experience, I guess, as well as the game. <laughs> that if you don't have, basically, if you don't have the broken token inserts or something like that, yeah, uh, it's gonna be, it's gonna take you like an hour or something to set up in the. Absolutely, it does. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, I just went. I didn't get the broken token one, but I, I that would be a fantastic solution. I just went into a craft store and got one of those, like you know, those kind of like a little organizer type thing, and that was good enough. And it was well, like. Not- it, it actually, it's probably like an inch deep, and it just sat right inside the Gloomhaven box, essentially. Um, so that's kind of how I actually did a video on that, on the storage solution that I did, because it wasn't really a great storage solution, but it was like, hey, you want to be cheap? Do this. Yeah, but you know, like, I have that problem that I do free commercials for everybody. So yeah. I guess I, I already mentioned the broken token, but it's fine. Hey, broken yeah. token, if you want to be no, kind but broken send token, me. like, they, they make some good inserts. That's oh, yeah. for sure. Since we're promoting them, it would be a good idea if they send us something, you know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so and and what what has been the 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 game that is has been more time consuming for you to put in? The one that I can think before you respond, which yeah. actually it was after seeing your playthrough. Okay. That's when I got a copy of the game, and it was probably six or seven months ago. Even if the game is old. It was the Imperial Assault, the oh, the yeah, with the, yeah. with the, with the iPad. That I love that game. It's a yeah. fantastic game. That was uh, the first time I'd ever tried putting like an app on screen at the same time too. That, that was, was the, the first very, one. That was the first one where I was like, "Huh, this thing has an app." I'm like, "It'd be really nice if I didn't have my phone glaring into the video screen. I should probably just get this on screen." Like in terms of like actually just you know shooting the viewer to the app versus me jamming my phone in front of the camera. <laughs> No, but it it worked good so, because I mean, like I said, I remember watching. I watched you released it. I think that one. video on 2017. I want to say. Okay. Uh, and I, I watched. Don't it. Remember. <laughs> yeah. You see, I'm a huge fan, man. I'm telling you. Anyway, I watched <laughs> it on. Awesome. I, I watched it on December, okay. uh, because I happened to have a back surgery, so I was at home and just watching videos all the time. Nice. And um. I mean, nice that watch- you were watching the videos, not that you were. No, you know. Anyway, it was nice because I w- had to time to play a lot of games, but. Ah, <laughs> But uh, uh, I was watching and I was like, man, I mean, I love Star Wars. I, like I said, I started hobby with X-Wing miniatures. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then when I saw that you can play solo Imperial Assault, then I went and bought a copy of Imperial Assault because, <laughs> because I saw your videos. And, and then, you know, I, I, was a, I was a fan already of Manchester Madness 2nd Edition. So I thought it was going to work the same, which is more complex here because with Manchester Madness, I think they brought the 2nd Edition and the app together as mm-hmm. a one. Versus Imperial Assault, it was a game that I was already had the different variants like Skirmish, uh, Campaign, you know, Free for All, whatever. Uh, and now you're implementing something new to bring the game back to life in another, I guess, uh, way, which, by the way, for us, for solo gamers, is amazing. Um, but, you know, I, I'm watching your videos, I mean, I think you did a pretty good job, you know. It didn't look too bad, like, you know, focusing the camera. Oh, now we go to the app and now we come back to the table. I think I did actually enjoy that versus you know, showing the whole thing on the on the screen and then going back to the table. I actually am a huge fan of that that way that you did it. So so keep doing it like that. 
yeah that like i honestly was surprised like the one thing that got me really bad was when i went to edit that thing because then you kind of have like your two streams going at once and you have to also sync up the audio between the two yeah and that that's get that gets a lot of that's really fun (laughs) (laughs) to say to say it nicely that's a ton of fun because it's like you're you're kind of doing your thing and because really what's happening behind the scenes is like when i zoom to the to the capturing of the ipad or the phone that i was using I still had the footage of me goofing around with it in front of my camera behind that. Right. So I had to kind of like splice out the stuff that had not, you know, that you guys wouldn't want to see while I'm just, and of course, if you're actually shooting a camera straight down at a screen, you've got glare, you know, the brightness isn't good. The cut, of course, the actual camera starts freaking out because it's trying to, to uh, change the brightness in order to match what it's looking at. So your camera yeah. starts going wonky. So that was a, that was a fun one to try to work around all those issues. But, uh, the gameplay for that was so much fun. Like the, I, I really enjoyed there's a, there's a handful of showcases that I did that really stuck out. Like either the endings were just super epic or it came right down to like the final thing. And I was like, how did this happen? Like, how did it work out like this where it's like actually, yeah. you know, cause there's definitely enough chance in there that things could go South and, yeah. and they do happen to me. I've had a couple <laughs> go really South, but, uh, and, and it's too bad when it does, but at the same time, it also shows people that like, nothing staged like i'm not like hey everything is always gonna be great <laughs> like yeah it's like every place is gonna be pat- like perfect and look and look epic but it's just not the case um so which which game has been the longest one for you like it would it has been taking more to either because of the number of chapters or because of the epicness of the game or because of the complexity of the game which one has been the one that is been you know the more I guess time. So you're consuming. talking more so rules, or are you talking more so number of videos? Because number, number of videos, of, I mean, Gloom, I guess Gloomhaven combined, wins that combined by a long shot. <laughs> Gloomhaven. Yeah, and the thing with Gloomhaven is like I've got 120 plus videos on Gloomhaven alone. Like that's ridiculous, <laughs> and that's across <laughs> two separate playlists. Ones for the ones for me just playing through a campaign, and then ones through me playing in parallel from the second printing. Like from the Kickstarter stuff Isaac was releasing as the Kickstarter went along, it's kind of like, yeah. hey guys, let's do this together as a community. I just played through those, but like 120 videos. I remember, I remember getting to that mark and then looking back and going, what am I doing? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like I've literally me, and this is back again when I did not edit anything. So I was doing like 45 to an hour and a half session videos, and if I tallied up how much time it would take for someone to actually watch all of those, like. It eclipsed some extremely intense TV series on television. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you should sell that thing to Netflix or something. Yeah, but at the same time, it's also not quality back then because it was like I wasn't editing. So, like, there was a lot of, like, I might be repeating myself. I might be, uh, you know, humming and hawing over what next decision to make. Whereas now I'm I've, I'm starting to cut that stuff out as I go to kind of make people's, you know, to basically value the viewer's time, essentially. Yeah, um, which, by the way, I want to take the opportunity right now, Adam, since you're talking about how you used to do your videos you know without editing and just basically being like live kind of <laughs> like yeah. this is live and i'm putting in there and whatever which i think honestly that's also a huge huge part of your videos a huge part of your talent that you you i you can tell when you're watching a rolling solo video that it feels natural that it's you know no script i mean it's a guy playing that's a guy that is having fun it's natural i mean is like your body over there on the other side of the screen teaching you how to play 
and even you having fun, you laugh at the bad roles. You're like, oh man, no, you shouldn't do this or you shouldn't go this way or whatever. So that's very cool. And I want to take the opportunity right now, amazing listeners, in case you don't know or in case you're not aware, uh, Adam came with a great news about probably a week or two ago. Uh, we share it on our Facebook page and we share it also on our Twitter at Solo BG Podcast. They both with the same address. That now Rolling Solo has a Patreon subscription, which if you're not really a subscriber, I don't know what you're doing. I'm not going to tell you what to do with your money, of course, but I will tell you if you want to have more content from Adam, exclusive content that he's going he's gonna to tell us in a little bit, you should go and subscribe to the Patreon because it's, it's insanely cheap. And the amount of quality of content, of playing, of fun, of immersiveness that you're going to get from it is huge so it's still you should go right now to patreon and adam where they can go to you know to support rolling solo because we were talking about the time at the beginning of the episode the time that it takes you to play these games to record to edit it to make it amazing for us the the you know the fans and the watchers and you still on top of that you have your full-time jobs and then you have your beautiful baby so you need to take care of the blessing as well and you you know you have your family man and as as all of us, you have obligations and things like that. So where they can go to support this amazing and beautiful project, which once again, I want to congratulate you because of this. And it's it's like I said on the on the post before the episode, it's the most popular content for solo gamers out there. So I've got a, I've got a uh, a few different areas where you can okay. uh, where you can check me out. Uh, if you're looking for more so like kind of where I hang out or where I kind of interact with everyone that's uh, viewing stuff on the channel. Well, first off, I want to say thank you to you because that was oh, nice. that was super nice of you by the way. Uh, but also congratulations on 50 episodes too. That's pretty. I awesome. know, right? I mean, we're right? getting there. That's, that's what counts here. That's well, that's the as, as long as you keep making videos, man. This thing is. <laughs> but no, I mean, it's it's been it's been you know you know better that. These, yeah, no, uh, I've been listening to your podcast. Like I, and that's the thing is it's hard too. is like a, a, all of us, we all create uh, different forms of content or we've, or we at least consume it. Right. And the people yeah. that consume it, even if you're not creating content, you're still consuming content and, and it's sometimes hard to, to watch everything and everybody's stuff. But uh, I have really enjoyed yours and uh, over the over the time you've been doing it. And uh, yeah, keep at it. It's it's going in a good direction. Well, I feel sorry for the accent, but yeah. <laughs> thanks, <laughs> thanks, thanks for listening. But anyway, going back to but your yeah. Patreon, my friend. Uh, yeah, so how, like how, the how can we do this? Essentially, I have a to make it really easy, like right off the my YouTube uh, page, essentially in the in the top right hand corner, there's actually the kind of an arrow pointing down to an area where you, it says to become a Patreon. That'll actually just link you right to the URL for where the, the page is. So make it easy so you don't have to memorize any kind of URL that I just throw out here right now. But yeah, the Patreon, really the idea behind it is me just trying to provide kind of like another layer that I think YouTube can't provide me. So that's like another direct connection to behind the scenes stuff because YouTube provides me the ability to like create videos and put those out. But it doesn't allow me to um, as intricately as Patreon does do polls and pictures and like all this kind of stuff. It's kind of more of a social thing, right? So that's kind of one of the things where I was going, if I'm going to go down this road of kind of giving people access to stuff that I normally wouldn't, not that any of it's like top secret, but it's kind of cool for fans to see like, Hey, what is coming out next month? Or what am I thinking of doing? Or, you know, and being a part of those changes because I already value all those opinions across um, 
you know, places like Rolling Solo Discord or the Facebook group that I have and things like that. Um, those conversations are already happening there. But uh, in terms of the Patreon, it kind of gives me the ability to focus in on the fans that are really there, like giving me actual full on support financially to to actually be able to afford some of the games that come out because they're not cheap and <laughs> and, <Yeah. laughs> and, and it, it, they do take a hit uh, off you and stuff like this. But uh, the one thing I wanted to make sure I didn't do was uh, whatever I'm already offering on the channel or even in the future, what I'm offering that I consider to be core content. I never want to gate it behind like a Patreon thing, like say like, yeah, I'm doing a Patreon, but you can't ever see this unless you, you know, unless you support me financially. Um, I wanted to make sure that everything that I'm doing is, you know, in terms of the major stuff people come to my channel for is always going to be right there for you. It's not going to be something where it's like, ha, you got to support me financially. Otherwise you don't see it. So I, I kind of really am going the route of, hey, if you support me, I can give you some behind the scenes stuff that kind of lets you get to know me better. Kind of like this, where I'm just kind of, you know, talking with Derek here and stuff like that. So that's kind of the aim. And uh, yeah, so besides, besides that, it's the Discord, the family or the family, the Facebook page <laughs> family. See, I got family on my mind. all the time. I know, right? <laughs> um facebook group twitter instagram all that kind of stuff the worst part about it though that i do apologize for is it'd be really nice to just say here's my handle across all this stuff and it's the same it's not it just isn't yeah. and and i the hardest part is my name has been uh taken on certain groups already uh so because of that i kind of had to mix and match my name up a little bit so the easiest thing to do is just to go to my youtube page and then you can actually check the description of any of my videos and you'll find in a video description a list of all that stuff and links to you know all those different areas, um, because and yeah, I, I've had to change my name up quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, I mean that's that's the perks of being famous, I guess. But I mean, uh, you know, but honestly, I mean now, I mean talking for real, I mean we've been talking for real, of course. But honestly, um, yeah. it's it's more about supporting what you like, right? Like, I mean, just that what we're talking right now, and we talk about the time that it that it takes to do this uh, content. Um, it's more about support. And I'm pretty sure a lot of a lot of you amazing listeners that you've been following uh, Adam for a long time, and including me that I'm been following Adam for a long time. I mean, you support because it's just you want to have more. You want to be able to things keep get, you know to be able to help for the things to get better and things like that. So I'm pretty sure the Patreon will be a huge success. And also, I'm pretty sure that uh, you know we're gonna really enjoy those behind the scenes with Adam and. We're going to be seeing how he make mistakes and then fixing them and all the stuff. <laughs> so that will be fun to to watch. And and so, yeah, I'm looking forward for the Patreon content as well. Now we're going to put a little bit of pause on games and we're going to come back before we say goodbye. Before we say goodbye with the hardest question of the night. <laughs> but let's first of all, let's put a break on the game. Just, you know, push it a little bit. And I want to know, what are your hobbies, Adam? Like besides oh. war games? Yeah. What do you I was like? about to say, like, hmm, I got one I could tell you, but no. <laughs> well, okay. Like, is, is it comics? No, I'm joking. Is, is, is there movies? Is it, um, I don't know, TV shows? I mean, what is my, your... My other hobbies, so if, if, if I wasn't doing this, the things that I still do, but obviously everything had to come down in terms of how much I was doing it was, as I mentioned earlier, the gym was a big thing. That was kind of something I really enjoyed, and that tied into um, basketball. 
So okay. I, I, I'm really into basketball. I used to play in a men's league and, and even did at the be- early stages of the channel, but then eventually had to make that decision. Like, am I going to keep playing that at night or switch to the channel thing? So, so there are sacrifices, just like you mentioned with stuff, you have to kind of give up some of the stuff that you might enjoy in order to do things that you also enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's the plus is that I, I get, at least get to do something else that I really like, but yeah. Um, I, I do love movies, obviously. Uh, I don't think there's too many people that don't like movies, but uh, I wouldn't necessarily call myself a movie buff, but I, I certainly enjoy like spending you know, a couple nights a week getting a movie in and stuff like that, especially with my wife or friends and stuff like that. So, um, what, what kind of genre? What's your favorite genre? Pro- you know what's weird is probably thriller. And, and it's okay. and yeah, like thriller and anything that kind of has that twist to it. So like I, you know, Fight Club's a really good example of the type of stuff I like. I like I like coming out of a movie feeling like the movie messed with my head. I don't know what that is. I just like it. I like trying to figure out what's going on in a movie. It bothers I think I've over time I've I appreciate movies that that confuse me. Right? That make okay. me or, or make me kind of start digging into like well why did this happen and and what happens next and and, and did i even interpret that scene correctly and, and this kind of thing so i'd okay. love so yeah thrillers fall in that category sometimes horror can too but it's it's that's it gets kind of dicey there but like i like horror to a to a point like a very light a light touch of it so sometimes if you have like a thriller horror that can be interesting but mm-hmm. yeah in the most of dramas as well because they obviously have that uh, element of twist in there too Yeah, um, so so when you say thriller, also I guess you like Christopher Nolan movies, kind of like those. You know, Christopher Nolan has a tendency of like he always leave the ending of a movie kind of open, so you yeah, that's when it yes. leads to interpretation. Which, by the way, what do you think about the Joker? Did you already watch the Joker or not? I haven't seen it yet. <gasps> Man, I'm a horrible person. <laughs> <laughs> And you know, it's so high on my list. It's like. It's off the page. It's not even on the list anymore. It's like tattooed on my body. It's like you have to go. Yeah, yeah. You, you, I mean, I have seen it already four times. I have been in the oh, movie theater four times. For me, it's the best movie of the year. Now, you know, amazing listeners, that I'm a huge DC fan, but yeah. that has anything to do. I mean, Joaquin Phoenix and the whole movie is just, uh, you have to watch it, man. You really have to do it. I mean, that should be your, your goal for this weekend, to go and watch The Joker. It Honestly. should be, yes. The, the, the one that I watched recently was... Uh, the new um uh, on disney plus so the oh, new star show oh, yeah. What, off. The, the mandalorian that's right yep so i watched Man. that one. i'm not going to say a word because i'm not going to be that person that's a no <laughs> that no says no, anything no. but it's just um it's all i'll say is, is if they've got they've done a good job like they like it it hooks you i'll say that it hooks you in you're kind of like okay. all right yep i want to see more mm-hmm. I, i'm not gonna <laughs> i'm not gonna spoil but at the yeah. end of the episode i was like no <laughs> like like literally yeah. like no there's definitely that element where my yeah my jaw was like okay kind of close yeah, I mean, again. <laughs> yeah it was it was crazy i mean i was expecting a good show no and the app is fantastic i mean now i'm I'm also watching the old x-men cartoons which i used to love when i was a kid and mm. now i mean it's it's great but i was expecting you know good quality for for star wars right of course Yeah, but these definitely exceed. I mean, it's it's very well done. You can see the production, and I mean, come on, it's Disney. But um, was... now Disney owns everything basically. But um, it's great. Yeah, it, I I I also enjoy it. What what has been besides that your most recent uh, successful, I guess, TV show that you have watched? Ooh, successful TV show. That's that's where it gets tough. So might oof, that gets really. What's your favorite TV What's show? The one. 
Oh, favorite TV show. Um, yeah, let's let's put it that way better. Hmm, and this is the worst too because I'm probably gonna say one, and then after the podcast, I'm like, that's not my favorite. Okay, well else. let's let's try. Um, yeah. But I think like, um, my gut wants to say that I really enjoyed Breaking Bad. I was going to say the same one. Yeah, Breaking Bad. I'm like, sure. That one stuck with me. I I don't know. Like, there's just I don't know. It, it's not one of those ones that I necessarily want to rewatch like over and over and over again. But like, just yeah. the, the first viewing all the way through was just like it was it was great um and it had you know it was good all the way through to the end essentially which is hard because a lot of shows are really bad at wrapping a bow on something you have game of thrones (laughs) yeah that was that actually is the most recent show that i've finished watching and Uh i had i had not watched a single episode on purpose for the entire time that show was running until the final season and then i binge watched all the prior seasons and then kind of led into that final season and I had a totally different viewpoint on that show oh. than, than than a majority of people did that were kind of like, you know, didn't want things to turn out the way it did or didn't believe it should have turned out the way it did. Whereas like when I watched them in a row, I actually started to see that kind of like, like I noticed the change um, as she went along. Because oh, yeah, okay, again, okay. I don't want to spoil too much because I don't yeah, know. Yeah, there yeah, could right. be somebody out there who has never seen it, but like. There's a major character in there that a lot of people are like, ah, this would never happen. It shouldn't have happened like this. And I was kind of going, no, if you really think about all the different, you know, scenes where she was involved, it was there. I mean, they they probably didn't do a great job at like overselling it. But maybe that was the point was that it was supposed to be a shocker. Yeah. But I understand there's a lot of people saying that they they might have gotten a little sloppy at the end with the writing and, and, and rushed it or something. Right. So but I think the if I'm not mistaken, there was like a year or two gap in there somewhere. I well, there was so, yeah. Game of Thrones or something like that. So that's what that's what I mean by like when I watched it straight through, I'd already been, I was already past that that gap. So I was watching everything straight through with no breaks. Whereas other people had watched straight through to a certain point, had a you know time off, then come back to the series and they went, what? That's how you wrap it up? And I think it's because <laughs> they had that period of in between. It caused so much you know hypothetical like oh this is gonna happen, this is gonna happen that when it came out it was like what? yeah <laughs> what is this <laughs> this is madness i i know right where so, i just got it, to enjoy it straight through so i didn't i didn't have time to to put thoughts in my head i just got to you know just enjoy it straight through essentially yeah so adam where can the people find you on social media in that way they can follow you i mean uh, I, so on twitter it's try uh-huh. it's try rolling solo on instagram okay. it's rolling solo but the l's the two l's are ones this is again going back to the fact that I have a terrible uh, naming convention across all my social media stuff. It makes it <laughs> lovely to find me. Uh, but yeah, like go to the video description of my stuff, you can find it. But uh, Board Game Geek Guild is 2998. I'm trying to get back into posting on that again. Uh, we actually okay. have like 1900. I was going to say 19,000. I'm like, I wish I had 19,000. Oh, 19, we're going to go. We're not worried. Next year we're going to be there. <laughs> yeah, don't worry. <laughs> We have 1,900 um, guild members there, and that's really fun. But it's 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 died down because I started focusing on the Facebook page. I think that the the Facebook page is where I primarily spend my time in the Discord channel. Those are the two spots where I'm kind of mainly focusing because the guild is kind of is kind of cool, but it seems to be kind of you know falling away. I don't know how much board game key guilds are really. I don't know if they're gaining or or losing traction as time goes on. But, I think uh, they're losing traction. I think yeah, they I are too. Like yeah. I, it just feels like that because I don't th- even. I think even the bigger creators that like have these huge audiences, like they're not their guilds aren't aren't progressing. But I'm also noticing they're not even really all there. Like some of them are. Though. There's a couple. I think it's like maybe it's a seeker cabal. Um, yeah. 
they have they have theirs and they're very i think they'll ping pong questions and stuff like this off their off their guild members and integrate into their show so it's very active but if you don't do something like that it's hard to kind of get that crowd ingrained into like what you're doing on youtube essentially or in a podcast right so it's like yeah well, and i also want i also want to recommend you uh the facebook group like you mentioned you mentioned the facebook yeah. page yeah. but there's a, a facebook group uh rolling solo community you can just look for it like that in facebook and it's great you can see definitely the vibe of the community over there people are posting uh you know pictures of the games all the time different discussions about games you know of course solo games because that's <laughs> what we enjoy <laughs> that's uh, what we like but uh, but yeah, I I highly recommend it for all of you amazing listeners and friends to go to uh, you know the Rolling Solo Facebook Facebook community and over there you can find all that we talk about like the Patreon, the different videos that came out, even even Adam he posts there as a, as Adam you know things more content and and so that's great. I mean I love it's definitely one of my favorite uh, groups to to you know interact and stuff like that around Facebook. So you should definitely check it out. That's the Rolling Solo community also on Facebook. Now, Adam, we go, unfortunately, towards the last uh, part of the show, and this when this is where where I throw one of the probably one of the hardest questions mm. for you as a solo gamer, uh, you know, just like me. Which, by the way, do you have a gaming group or is only or you just I do. For, oh, okay, okay. Do you, do you mean like just a gaming group of friends type thing? And yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yep. the, the oh yeah. Group yeah. Of, how often that's kind of that's kind of a that's one weird thing too with the whole solo gaming thing i think a lot of people i hear it a lot like in the community where people are like well if you're like a solo gamer like people are like well they, they there wouldn't be um conventions for solo gamers because we'd all be playing alone so it will never happen <laughs> and 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 so and, and of course it's all jo- at this point it's all joking because yeah they already realize how big of a community this has become and i'm not talking about mine i'm talking about the entire solo gaming community which is even much larger than me um so but in general it's just like the 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 solo gaming thing is really taken off to the point where like you can't get away from it like kickstarters literally the projects they put up are catering to oh no if they don't put a if they don't put a solo mode i mean that's it used to be an afterthought it was like oh yeah put it as a stretch goal that'll be good enough and there's still people that do that but like if you're if you're still doing that you've already you already you're already disconnected like you already you're the train has left the station and we're way 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 past you and if you know if we see certain things we're gonna go "Mm," we already seen that in the past but there are certain people that are already kind of catching on to the idea that like yeah like if you basically can put a game out and you can have an actual legitimate solo mode, not just something tacked on. You're not only giving. So if I'm sitting there backing a Kickstarter project for 80 bucks or 100 bucks, most this is the this is the craziest thing that I have in my head going back to the gaming group thing is on Mondays I have a gaming group and I'll pick okay. up a Kickstarter game so that we can play a game together or maybe it's a solo game that we can also play together. Uh, so I'll pick up a game. It's 100 bucks on Kickstarter or something like this. But like in the back of my mind, the crazy thing that I think about is I'm like. I enjoy playing solo, but there are some people that just don't do it at all, and they are buying games on Kickstarter for their for their gaming group to play. So they're like literally paying a hundred dollars of their own single pocket to then bring that game to their friend's house and play it. And then mm-hmm. if those friends decide they don't like it or it never gets back to the table, your hundred dollars is gone. Yeah, I know like, it's crazy. And I'm like, I don't understand how that's even like. How could you even? 
like function <laughs> to me it's just yeah. like how could you like to me it would drive me crazy so but for me it's like i can bring a game like nemesis to my friend's place and if they hated it which would be surprising but if they did like <laughs> i would go whoop de doo i'm bringing this thing home and i'm gonna have a blast with it and, oh yeah and money is not gonna be lost on me um so to me it's like hey you're opening up um you're opening up a whole other avenue to enjoy uh, the money, the individual, usually the single person that spends the money to play a game. So like, why wouldn't you try to try to add that in? But there are some games out there that just, it's not possible. Like solo in a certain type of game just doesn't work. Right. So yeah. It's not do, you usually, do you usually host the game nights or you go somewhere else? Um, so I, yes. Yeah, so like I, I have the gaming, I've created kind of like a Facebook group of like about 10 people or so. And I think about four to five of them of the 10 are pretty consistent and swapping it out depending on the year. And of course we're all having kids and stuff. So like stuff shifting all the time, yeah. but uh, Mondays are a routine thing. And it used to be at my place and it was for probably like three years straight or something like this. And then we just recently shifted to my friend's place because he had twins so then his responsibility oh. shot through the roof and it was like well it's better for us <laughs> to go to his place so that he can like get those kids down so we can play games and then mm-hmm. you know i have another kid coming in january so oh, then it's double blessing, my friend. That's great. yeah so i so i so it's like i don't even i th- honestly think when january hits we might be in a little bit of a trouble spot for a bit because we and then out of the three to four people that show up three of us are going to have kids under the age of like one. So it's going to be like, I don't think this is going to last within the next, you know, it's going to probably be something that we'll have to put on hold or move to a weekend. Um, So that's kind of sad because it's like to have a gaming group established for like three, four years plus is like, that's pretty awesome. Cause it's like having those campaign games and actually getting those games finished and done. Um, we were playing games like Eldritch Horror and working through every single ancient one and like, you know, bringing Mansions of Madness and playing through each and every one of those and mm-hmm. stuff. Like that. It's fun because it, you get that sense of accomplishment, right? And you're doing it as a group. So, yeah, I think I think that's one of the most beautiful things about this hobby that that not too many hobbies can make friendships. Like if you are if your hobby is the movies, well, you can watch a movie with somebody else, but you don't interact during the movie. Right. Yeah, that's or, true. They're the same if you go to, uh, I don't know, if you right. like music and you go to watch uh, an opera or whatever, I mean, you need to be quiet because you're listening to opera or whatever. Or the same Video games are a big, big thing of that too, right? Like uh, so many yeah. people play them, but it's very, I mean, the interaction in terms of the IQ level of interaction is pretty low. <laughs> yeah, <I laughs> like in terms I'm... of what people's percentage of their brain they're using while they're interacting, it's fairly low. Like they're just kind of there just to enjoy versus like they're not, they're not, the brain isn't engaged as as you would be playing a board game. That's true. And I mean, most of my friends here in Indianapolis, I have met them through board games, which is fantastic, you know. Uh, but but yeah, I mean, it, it's good that you that you have your, uh, your gaming group. For example, like we, I can share really quick what I do with our with my gaming group that I have also on, on Wednesday, which is like kind of a routine every Wednesday. Awesome. Uh, we rotate in everybody's house because all of us, we just get a lot of Kickstarters and games, and you know we have mm-hmm. that addiction that we all have, uh, and getting more games every time. And uh, we're very fortunate that we have a lot of game stores here in Indianapolis, so we just either Amazon or, or gaming stores or Kickstarter. So in that way, if it's uh, let's say if it's at my friend's Jonathan house, well, he chooses the game for the night because you know he has plenty of games. Then when he turns to my house, I choose the game. So of course, if somebody doesn't like certain game, well we can always just wrap it up and bring another one or whatever. But that's a way that we do in order to rotate with everybody's 
gaming library, which of course is not going to happen because you get those huge gaming libraries and, you know, <laughs> yeah. that's when you decide to play solo because that's yeah. the only way yeah. that you can consume the games. But, but yeah, it's hard. It's, it's, it's hard. And, and, you know, like you said, with the, like we talked earlier, with the amount of games that are coming every year and how this hobby is getting bigger and bigger. I mean, you just, what just happened on Essen, I mean, it was almost 300,000 people in the convention that's correct i've never been to essen but i would it'd be a lot of fun to get out there like i went to gen con for the first time last year and i had an absolute blast it was it was so much fun but i've never been to essen and i've I've heard people say it's it's fantastic so yeah to hear that there was that many games um coming out is is wild because it's going to continually get crazier and crazier as it goes along i think that's where a lot of people are like oh like is there really room in this hobby for me to do something you know, content wise. And I, and I think so many people have reiterated this statement already, but like there's definitely room for everybody in this hobby. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. it, it continues to grow. And if the numbers of people just entering to play the games grow, then the number of people that need to create content also need to grow because the number of games that there are becoming so hard to cover, uh, you can't just pick one source anymore for everything. And if you do, you're kind of that one source may not fully cover the game that you want, right? In the way that you need to, you know, grab that information. So it might yeah. take you a couple people before you're like, all right, I got it. I know what I need. Yeah, it's 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 going like crazy, like you said. It's huge. It's insanity. It's it's getting bigger and bigger all the time. And I think a big part comes to the to the commitment at the same time, like especially on YouTube, which the when you're creating videos, it it it, it needs a lot of commitment from the from the creator. Uh, because like you need to do it like kind of routinely, like you know, not every once a month or something like that. Because people want to see your your content. Uh, we want to see the content like at least once a week or every time that a new game comes out or something. So it's once again we talk about the same: the playing time, the learning time, the recording time, the editing yeah. time. So yeah. you need that commitment. Like in in this case, for example, you have been done perfectly so far. So that's great. Now let's jump into the questions. Now that we sure. went a yeah, yeah. to essence and stuff, tell me your three favorite games ever. <laughs> oh, you're putting me on the spot now. Yeah. Okay. Well, three favorite games ever. So not in any order, just three favorites. Right? Okay. Let, let, yeah, I'm gonna make it. Does that matter? Easier. Yeah. No, no, it doesn't matter. I'm gonna okay. make because I don't even it... know if off the top of my head I could actually put them one, two, three. <laughs> Okay. No, no, like, in other words, I don't actually think I have a favorite favorite. Like, if the place is burning down, I'd probably grab three games. <laughs> so let's. Okay. Um, those three games, which three games will be? So the first one would. Okay. I hope you didn't choose Gloomhaven because that's like a big, huge box. That, no, that's actually, surprisingly, and I was going to mention this earlier, but I thought I wouldn't go down that rabbit hole. And I know I've done probably a poor job of keeping things on tracks, but <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> Gloomhaven, the uh, the biggest thing for me with Gloomhaven that didn't, like, I keep it in my collection. We play it as a group. I don't play it um, as much anymore, but we still jump back to our campaign. The biggest thing for me with Gloomhaven that's lacking is the narrative. I, I didn't find the connection to the narrative to be as strong as the mechanics which are amazing like i love the mechanics of the dungeon crawl that he's put together with the cards and everything but yeah. the narrative for me wasn't wasn't there it needed like there needed to be a, another writer come in to do that narrative would have taken it to the next level so for me like long term that's kind of why i don't think i ever finished fully gloomhaven yet because it's like i didn't get drawn into it so much that i was like i have to find out what happens um, but i did get a heck of a long ways in there um, okay but that's kind of a side point so gloomhaven's not in the top so you you're gonna you're gonna let it burn let let that campaign burn 
Like, you um, well, yeah, I, I guess if that one burns, it's going to be burning for a while. Uh, <laughs> a pretty big box. But I, I'm going to tell you, is it's brilliantly designed. Like, it's probably only going to get better with age as they, you know, they'll tweak it and, and the expansions will make it better and stuff like this. Okay. But I still rate it really high. Like, it's a huge recommendation for me. It's just one of those ones where it's like, again, the number of games coming out and the number of games pushing the envelope on the narrative side. I've, I'm finding myself gravita- gravitating to other games that do better job at narrative. Um, yeah. So, because that's just something I gravitate towards. That's just my own personal preference, though. So. No, that's fine. Um, so, in terms of three games, I would say uh, Too Many Bones is definitely up there. Uh, okay. Wouldn't matter what version. Although, if I'm carrying that out of, out of the house, I, I probably won't make it out if it was on fire. Uh, <laughs> well, it depends. Just the base down. game, or you bring the expansions? <laughs> I probably try to bring all the expansions, and then I think when I bring Undertow, it would actually suck me under, and then I'd be yeah. down. Yeah, yeah, probably. But yeah, I think Too Many Bones would be the one that I'd pull. Um, would be the one I I look to first. Okay. Um. I'm actually just looking at my game shelf right now. I, think I know. I was going to say, like, I'm pretty sure you're turning your face around your game shelf. Is that what's happening? Yeah, you're hearing my <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So I think the next one would probably be uh, Arkham Horror LCG. That would be my that'd be my next one. Um, okay. I just, I like the, uh, I, I just like the, I like everything about that game. I think they did such a, I think they do such a great job. And it's such a good next step from lord of the rings um in terms of the narrative side of it that makes you care about what you're doing because some of these games where it's like a deck even like even the marvel one that just came out fantastic game like the mechanics are great it's a fast quick action game but Mm -hmm. if you look at the actual mission like the mission you're doing or like the actual cards that say like hey rhino's here you're fighting this guy in the back of your mind you're fighting rhino and that's about as much narrative as you need to know you know what I mean? Yeah. In terms of a story. So you're not getting dragged into it because you're you're getting this overwhelming story that really w- makes you want to play more. It's more of the, well, I've got, you know, this is a, a quick game. I can set up fast. The mechanics are fun. And hey, this is a universe I understand. I don't need that much narrative behind it because I can put the story together in my brain. <laughs> like I can yeah. just kind of put and pit these guys against each other and go. But with Arkham Horror, it's the LCG. It's just like your character actually progressing through and, you know, getting different cards that will then come up and haunt him later. And like the story actually having literal changes that are going to morph how the whole thing pans out. I love that. Like, I love those types of games. It's just why Tainted Grail is uh, is yeah. what we don't have yet. But I think if it was sitting here on my table right now, which I think it's going to show up soon, I think that would be my third. It, ha- it isn't here yet. But I honestly think that would be my third. And I haven't played the final version, but I played enough of the prototype to know, like, this is going to be a special game. This is going to be one of those games that's going to be around for a while. And yeah. that's from that's from Awakened Realms, right, I think? Yes, yeah. 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 And to be totally honest, they're they're whatever they're drinking in their water over there, they're nailing it. <laughs> okay. Because their last, their last couple games have been... And, and what I'm really curious to see is how Aetherfield is going to pan out in terms of the final version. But I like was they've just had, going to ask you about either feels like they've got know. a few. Like, when you look at their track record of games, like they've got some, they haven't really. Ha- I mean, I didn't really do. I don't know anything about. Um, is it Edge, the Downfall, or something like that? Yeah. I think they came yeah, yeah. first. Like I'm not familiar with that one, but that was more of a miniature combat type game or something like this. I don't think it had any kind of solo aspect to it at all. But as soon as they started going into like this War of Mine territory and and beyond. It was just like for me. It was like every game they put out. I was like, man, these are they are knocking it <laughs> out of the park. Like, yeah, they're hitting themes that I think people are just. And it's not even. It's again going back to what we were talking about with Kickstarter. It's like 
it's that appeal. Like when you look at the Kickstarter page and you go like, this is exactly the type of game I want to buy. <laughs> like yeah, it's, yeah. it's, and it's the artwork draws you in. And then, you know, some people are like, yeah, but the game's probably not that great. And then you get the game and you're like, wow, there's actually a really good game behind this thing too. Yeah, and, exactly. and I think we've done that kind of like had that those people give doubt and then proven wrong doubt proven wrong and they've been doing this a couple times in a row now and people are like you know what i think the doubt just needs to go away now <laughs> i think yeah. like yeah I, yeah because got they're proving we're like they've got the track record and the train is moving and it's like i think not that they're never going to have a dud but it, so far they're it's for me they're hitting it on the head like i'm really enjoying nemesis and tainted grail i've heard other people on uh, the groups, Facebook groups and things like that, saying that it uh, is playing phenomenally and stuff like this. And I'm like, I cannot wait now to get it. Because actually my friend, uh, Mark Dainty, which he's, uh, by yes, the time that you're yeah. listening to episode 50, yeah. uh, we did the episode uh, 49 with him, the Essen episode. That's which, awesome. by the way, if you, if you haven't listened to it, amazing friends, go up to the episode 49 as, as soon as you finish with this one, and, and that way you can enjoy the Essen episode. But he received the Tainted Grail over there. And he's been telling me just amazing things about the game. He is been having a blast with that game as well. Oh, so I, I'm very excited to get my hands on that one too. So just to 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 uh, you know to wrap it up, the three games it's uh, by Cheap Theory Games, uh, the Too Many Bones, and then you choose by Fantasy Flight, uh, Arkham Horror, the card game. Uh, over Marvel Champions, which that's that's you know that's a big thing. <laughs> Marvel Champions is. Yeah. Is is everybody's in the you know in the hype and the wagon for that game, yeah. and then you choose uh, Tender Grail by Awakened Realms as your three favorite games. Now the next question will be, which games? Just tell me two games that you think they're very underrated, the games that you were like, oh man, like this is this is a very good game, and everybody, most of the people are like, no, no, it's 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 in fact it's a bad game. Which oh, ones do you think? Can you think really of any? Gosh. Because I have like two that I can tell you right now. <laughs> um you have two for yourself yeah i have two that yeah, no, i think you know, that... okay let's hear yours first that'll give me a couple seconds to kind of yeah, like yeah i know which, I, I, yeah, will, yeah. I will help so, you with that. okay <laughs> so for example for me one that is very underrated that i have a i had a blast playing it and i'm looking forward to finish the campaign is uh first martians by okay. uh portal games uh, yep. ignacy trechevich is the designer that's one and another one that probably here in America, it didn't, it wasn't a huge success as it was in England, mm. probably because the company it's in England, I guess. Uh, it's by Mantic Games, uh, The Walking Dead, the miniature games. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. I because, saw that Gen Con, actually. Yeah, because that one, actually, if you like the Walking Dead comics, it's basically you're following the same story as the comics, but 90% or 95% of the scenarios they're fully cooperative, which means, of course, you can play them solo. And mm. it's a fantastic game. I don't know why people, I see it on, on my local gaming stores here and just the shelf, they're always packed. Nobody buys the game. <laughs> I actually run a couple of demos around Indianapolis in gaming stores trying to get more people into the game uh, because you can play them also skirmish if you like or cooperative, like I mentioned. Uh, right. And nobody, it seems like nobody even realized that the game existed or most of the people and they're like, yeah, I mean, I never heard anything about the game or whatever, but it's such a good game. It's very immersive. Once again, if you like the Walking Dead, you know, universe, it's a fantastic game. It's a very good miniature game. And I mean, you can play it solo without the need of any app or anything like that. 
So going back to you, which ones, which are your most underrated games? So my my two underrated ones are like it's funny too because like in a way some people are gonna be like oh these these are not really underrated they're actually really pretty high and and you know I think a lot of people like them but like I still think a lot of people give them a hard pass because there's just a couple things about them that make people go uh too much work or uh the theme looks like something I've done before right and it's to me that's where it's like people are missing out on some experiences where it's like well they're going well I have a game like that in my collection so I don't need this one. Um, but the two that I've chosen is uh, the first one is Deep Madness. So mm-hmm. it's relatively new. Like, I mean, it's not like super, super old. But a lot of people, I think, look at this thing and they go massive box of miniatures. Um, kind of has a zombie side-esque style to it in terms of, hey, monsters coming at you. You got some heroes there. You got to like, you know, try to figure things out. And they're going like, this is basically Zombicide 3.0. <laughs> um <laughs> And I can understand that because at a, at a like looking at it, you're going like this is just HP Lovecraft thrown on top of, um, you know that style thrown on top of um the Zombicide theme and, yeah. and that that's it. I'm done. I don't need to play this game. Um, but I would actually say that this like the actual heart of the game and the the um the different ways in which they use the components inside the game to two things that are really unique for each scenario in terms of win conditions and loss conditions is what I really like. So the mechanics of the game are it's, I don't find it to be fiddly or anything like that. There's not too many different components laying around. It's not like I, I would consider a fiddly game to be like something like sort of sorcery. Like I love sword and sorcery. I think it's a great game, but there's a lot of tokens and it's very easy to, to be referencing stuff constantly throughout the game to make sure you're doing it right. It's kind of got that mage Knight feel to it where it's like not yeah. that bad, but like mage Knight has its moments where you're like, okay, I don't really know if I'm doing this right. I probably should read the reference sheet. Machinet is like a, like you're having a college class. You know, yeah, essentially. Yeah. But with Deep Madness, it was like they, they like I was playing, I played one on the channel and it was called uh, The Last Shuttle to Hell. Okay. <laughs> so that's an, that sounds wonderful, doesn't it? So yeah, it, I know, right? It was cool, but it was like it had like a tile. Like, so again, you're placing all your tiles down, which you normally would do for a game like Zombicide where you're moving around just killing stuff. But regardless of the survival aspect, which you know is there because you got to kill things and survive, blah, blah, blah. That's kind of the given. But at the same time, there's all these objectives and they've got different objective markers in different areas. And then certain ones will allow you access to certain areas of the room or different levels of the building, which are separated. They're not on the same level. Um, they've got things where the tile will shift places like the actual train car is a tile that basically bounces between different areas and that you need to get on the right side of the board in order to get out like yeah. because you've you've only unlocked a certain you know maybe you've only turned a terminal computer on in, in point b uh, but your guys are all sitting at point a and you've only got a turn or two remaining you gotta try to figure out how to get across the board and like so you're trying to like solve objectives but also survive so it's like taking zombicide and just adding all kinds of extra to it to make it pretty intense <laughs> there's they're like so, if i remember correctly i think it's like it might be a 10-sided die or an eight-sided die or more i forget it's a pretty pretty meaty die in there and there's some also yeah. some d6s too for me because i was kind of looking at this one going like i'm gonna play through this and i'm really not gonna enjoy it and i played once off camera and i was like this is going on the channel like this is this is fun i enjoy this and okay uh, yeah, so that was one the other one is shadows of brimstone so i don't think this is one that people don't know about because i think people do but i think yeah. a lot of people that turn around and go this is there's two core sets out there from the original they were the first run they're rough you have to build every single miniature. You have to stick all the little spider legs on. Uh, oh, you got to glue everything man. together. So before you even have fun, you have to work. And it's got that Kingdom Death, you know, 
kind of thing going for it where it's like open up the box here's a whole bunch of minis to put together before you even start playing that yeah. automatically cuts about half the people out of the equation that's <laughs> what happened to me that's yeah. exactly what happened yeah. to me because I, I i i i think i watched your videos on those on those ones yeah. and i was like i want that game then yeah. on gen con actually i went to see the game but when the lady told me, oh, yeah, it, it all comes like this, disassemble, you need to assemble, but you will have fun <laughs> assembling. I was yeah. like, no way with my fat fingers, like, no way, like, no, <laughs> this is not going to happen. So, <laughs> so that's what definitely took me away from the game. But I want to I want to at least I want to hear because that's very interesting what you're saying. Well, that's it. So like for Brimstone, for me, it was like it, it, it was the first so yeah, I told you like earlier it was like Mage Knight, Lord of the Rings card game. And of course, when you're yeah. when you're first kind of like getting into solo gaming, you're 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 it's easy to pick a game, and be like that fills this itch and that fills this itch, and, and and then eventually you're like, okay, crap, I've got ten in the same bucket now. Now I just need to yeah. pick one. Like I've already gone overboard here. But that was my the the Brimstone one was my first dungeon crawler, like for solo gaming, like the one that I played without anybody else at the table. So, but the thing was, when I got into it, I picked it up on an exchange inside of the city I live. So on a Facebook group where there's actually like 2000 people that exchange games all the time in the city. So, which is fantastic because you have people that buy Kickstarters and they're like, I don't want it anymore. And you're like, I will take that. (laughs) So like, (laughs) there's like, there's all that going on too, right? So that's another way to those Facebook groups. A lot of people don't know that like Facebook is a pretty good spot sometimes to find these groups for exchanging. Uh, They're better than eBay, like a heck of a lot better. Oh yeah, I agree with you way better, yeah. So anyway, so I got Shadows of Brimstone and the two boxes that I got were the core sets, but the person had already put them together. Oh, lucky you. So I just got to like buy them. For, I think it was a hundred bucks and they were at the time probably a hundred each. So I saved half price plus he'd already built them and I got to sit down and just start playing it. And what hit me right away with the game was like, first off the people that made the game just love games. Like they just love that RPG feel in a game. And to me and my entire collection, I've got a few games. I would say it's, you know, a good representation of an RPG in a board game is X, Y, Z. Like there's a couple of them that are out there that are pretty good. But there's something about Shadows of Brimstone that's so insanely expandable, it's almost scary. Because okay. the setting that they've set the game in is a Western Cthulhu-esque kind of style, right? As your base. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. then you're going into these mines, and inside the mines you go through portals, which then take you to whatever they happen to cook up, which can be literally anything. Like, whatever theme you can imagine, that's what they just created an expansion for. It's If it's oh. a... If it's okay. a wooded area with ghosts, that's where you're going. If you go through a portal, you flip a card, and it happens to be like Tradera, you're going to a nice planet with robots. If you go through another portal, it's a swamp with a bunch of like uh, moving, like, like basically like alligators and all this kind of craziness and, and raptors. Yeah. And it's like, so they're taking like every RPG and cramming it into a single experience, <laughs> which essentially the thing is, is that if you just own the two core sets, you have maybe two or three other worlds you could potentially go to, which means when you go through one of those portals, you've only got three cards to flip, right? So obviously <laughs> at the beginning, you're like, well, yay, but my odds are 33% on each card. So it's not going to be that big of a surprise as to where we're going, right? When I flip the card. Um, but the more and more stuff you add into that game, you eventually have, like, if you were actually to get all the content that's currently released, which I have been doing, which is insane. Uh, <laughs> but if you do have it all, that deck goes from being like three cards where you can potentially go two to now probably upwards of like 10, 15, 20, you know, all that kind of range. Like, I don't even know how many there is. Cause I have other, I still have Kickstarter to be fulfilled from the last one they did. 
uh, which will add more. So Forbidden Fortress is still wrapped up sitting above me that I need to unbox. Um, and you need to assemble those miniatures. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, But that's the other thing, too, is that their miniature quality went from being, here's a spider's body and, and all the legs for it individually, please put it together, to here's two pieces of the spider, glue them together. Oh, so they nice. basically just like it just got progressively better as they went along. They stopped the whole like you got to put every bloody little piece together because they probably got enough complaints, right? Like people are like, I don't do this. Um, the last thing I'll say about Shadows of Brimstone that people miss out on a lot is if you have it or own it or you're looking into it for solo gaming, the reason why you want to pick it up is not for the actual encounters or scenarios in the in the actual book it comes in the core box. So that's what's that's another thing that really messes with people is they'll buy the game, they'll they'll go through this huge build process, they'll play one of the scenarios in the book and they'll go, that was all right. <laughs> And, okay, it, it, so. and honestly, that's what I thought, too. I was like, well, that's all right. I think I'm going to sell this. It's not like earth shattering. It's got a cool idea, but there's something missing. Like it's it doesn't have enough meat. It's like, here's your scenario. You, you try to get into there. You try to avoid some darkness from happening. But if it happens, you lose. And I was like, eh, eh, there's too many games to do this. Yeah. Um, but where it really got me was some individual person, some insane person. I think his name is Sid, at least on Board Game Geek anyway. He created what's called Hexcrawl. And he put together this massive, massive pile of documentation, which then he summed up into like a couple booklets that you can print out. And essentially, it's like all these charts that you can roll on to randomize things to basically make the game go from being and also create a campaign with the game world. So instead of it just being, hey, here's a couple guys in a scenario done, no reason to even play the game. There's no reason to come back to it. You can play something like Mind Blast, which is a type of game or campaign where you have an actual printed out map of the old West. You have towns, you have mines, and you choose, you move around the hexes as a group, like an RPG. You choose where you want to go next. You can do it solo too. And then you're like, oh, we'll go into this particular mine. Oh, we failed that mission. Well, guess what? Because you failed that mission, the nearest town next to it gets completely overtaken by all the monsters from that. And so now you can never revisit that look, that particular city ever again. You can't go to any of the individual uh, locations in that city to heal up your characters, to buy items. You basically have lost that, and it's your fault. <laughs> Dang. And then, and then you continue, and you go to the next one. And essentially, it's this battle of trying to seal off mines so that the darkness can't escape, and everyone that does escape is a knock against you and keeps impacting the world. So you just keep playing, and it's, it gives you a reason to play because... You actually kind of want to, you know, see what's going to happen and how it's all going to pan out in the end. And it's not just that. It's not as simplistic as just like, oh, you know, it's just a one town that'll go down. Sometimes that's actually pretty detrimental. When it's yeah, only, yeah. The only town that you get. And the cool thing with some of the expansions for Brimstone is the they have a town one that allows you to, when you move into a town, it, you, you get to name, you know, you move into a town. It has a certain name and you flip over the tiles for that town. There might be six different locations. You flip the tiles over and it says, oh, there's a doctor's office. Oh, there's a sheriff's office. There's a you know, general store. There's six things. But you really needed to find a particular store because you were trying to do or accomplish something. And it's not in that town. So you spend all that time just getting there to realize it's not there. So then you like go travel to the next town <laughs> to figure out what that is. And then while you're dealing with all that, trying to learn the land, because of course it's changing as you go, and it doesn't change once you've found it. But if the darkness comes and destroys the town that you need that particular location in, yeah. now you're now you're hooped. Now you're running around trying to find another one. So <laughs> it's just constant tension of like, oh man, like what are we gonna do next? And uh, yeah, the RPG level of that thing is just so much fun. So it all has, I can 
all I can say is like, if anybody, any one of you amazing listeners out there has a copy of Shadow of Brimstone that you don't want it, you know, getting <laughs> much more dust on your shelf, just contact me and I will very, I will be very happy to, to, you know, to solve that problem for you because as long as it's assembled, you know, you can sell it to me. That's fine. Because that's the same with, you know, with, with uh, the new game from Marvel as well. Uh, what is it called? A Crisis Protocol. I saw it on Gen Con. It looks fantastic. You know, uh, it, it was, it's supposed to be released, I think, okay. this coming Friday. But the downside of the game, it's that as well. Like Star Wars Legion. Like you need to put the, the miniatures mm. together. And that's where, like, <laughs> oof. The well, other you know downside you know is that though, it doesn't... Just... Uh-huh. Like just so you know this though is that like like um it has got like i mentioned before the thing with brimstone 2 is if you were interested in getting into it they have now done things like like the forbidden fortress corset right so it's a more recent version so that court like they've made corsets available throughout the years and they continue they're basically going to probably continue doing that so you can essentially say you know what the first two corsets would be great to have eventually maybe i'll get them used someday but you don't need to start there. You could actually pick up a corset that just came out like six months ago or a year ago, and there you go. And all you're assembling is two pieces with some super glue, and then putting some feet on a base, and you're done. And honestly, like it sounds like a lot of work. And the same thing with Legion. I have Legion sitting here beside me, and I originally I was going like, oh, I don't want that. I don't want to put stuff together. Stormtroopers are two pieces. Put them together, piece of glue, put them down the base. It literally takes like less than 10 seconds per stormtrooper like it's super quick you think i can um, do it oh yeah absolutely and but the <laughs> only the only one that got me though was the clone wars box that one oh, got me big yeah, time yeah, yeah. because the clone wars box i was like oh yeah this will be super quick but the battle droids are all individual tiny little pieces that was a nightmare so if you want to avoid gluing in legion which is not a solo game <laughs> but you could play it solo if you want to play both sides because it's star wars um then uh, yeah, you want to avoid Clone Wars because that uh, that's going to challenge you just a little bit more than I think the core box normally would. So it, like it's the, the same regular. with it's the same with Crisis Protocol. I don't know why they yeah. didn't do yeah. a solo mode. Star Wars Legion, why you didn't do a solo mode? Please do it. Uh, the same with you know you recommend me a game uh, b- before we we met each other. Uh, yep. the, remember Hate the skirmish game? Oh yeah, but, that's yeah, right. Yeah. I remember yeah, I that. Got, yeah. I got it too, but I love the game. But the thing is like once again like. Man, why nobody has done a solo mode for this thing? I yeah, mean, that's true. I know that, that, it's a good game too, and so many people, so many people took that stupid Kickstarter video, which was over the top, and they just dismissed it immediately. They were yeah. like, it was just another example of one of those ones where it's like they, you know, again, probably the fault of the advertising side of things there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, it's like not giving it enough of a shot right like just looking at, at surface value and going yeah the game's really good it's oh, easy yeah, to yeah. learn it's it looks great it's quick and you could literally play with any age range you can get some small you can i mean again it's it's aggressive so you're not going to play it with every age range but you can in terms of the complexity level it's it's not difficult to pick up no it's not what about have you did you try the funko the new funko verse which is skirmish too uh Oh, the is that the um, the one that you had the Batman, the Golden Girls, Harry Potter? Yeah, no, I've and I've never, I don't own any of those things. I've always been kind of intrigued by people's love for them, but I don't have any myself. <laughs> Honestly, there's no need. <laughs> yeah, you and... it's like I've always been um, like the only one I would get is like a little follow, like a follow boy one. I'd be like, oh, that's cool, and that's yeah. that's probably the extent of where I would go. I, but um, I got 
I got the Batman one on, on Gen Con just because it's Batman, right? And I have my huge oh, collection cool. of, of Funko Batmans and yeah, yeah. and the statues. Um, but I mean, no, I mean, Pretty I guess cool stuff. Like, I mean, even when you look at it in the store, it's like most of the time it's a wall. Like, who has a who has a dedicated wall for their for for that stuff? I mean, that's where I want to put my board games. Yeah, that's well, that's the issue <laughs> that I'm going right now. Now most of my things are in the attic. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's it's. It's the the the, the Funkovers game is basically a super basic skirmish game. Right. Like you move, you attack, that's it. But right. with Funkos, but no, it's I mean, is I guess for good? I've heard it's good. I've heard it's surprisingly good. Maybe it's a better way to say it. Like it was like people went in and were like, eh, it's probably not going to be that great, and they were like, oh, it's actually not bad. <laughs> now here's the thing. My problem is probably that I don't have kids, uh, so. Right. I right. don't know if that aspect also is because probably if you play with kids, it will be fun because definitely for kids, it's That's sort true. of a good it's game. True. But um, I mean, if you put me to choose between Funkovers and Hate, I would yeah. choose Yeah, hate. that's true. Like if I brought that to my game group, they'd be like, can we just play something else? Yeah, please bring <laughs> Gloomhaven again or something. Yeah, I think that's what would happen, actually. It just I think, yeah, it's yeah, that but... to me is more of like it's that's more of like an ingrained culture thing. It's like people people that are really into uh kind of the nerd side of things are gonna be like yes this is awesome but i think yeah. there's 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 like i don't think for the masses that's gonna appeal to everybody it's a, it's a harder sell yeah and now you can see it in every in every single store at least across us i'm pretty sure in canada it's the same um yeah. you know it's everywhere so no no hard on on getting it on your hands so adam we're about to wrap up it's been fantastic i don't want to wrap up but yeah, it was a lot of fun you. I've been stealing your time for almost two hours. But uh, <laughs> <No worries. laughs> here's the thing. Do you think it's in the plans for Adam Smith to create a game at some point? It's actually really funny because my, my wife actually asked me that a while back. She's like, do you think you'd ever like make a game? Like after you play enough games, you, you must want to make one, right? And I was like, yeah. don't ask me that. <laughs> like, no, but I mean, especially how dare with, you? with, with <laughs> like, the with the Kickstarter window now that you know it's, I mean it's, yeah. I guess it's easier for for independent designers to bring a project and yeah. bring it to life, um, you know with you know Patreon, Kickstarter, things like that. So um, I would I your... would say to you that I definitely wouldn't wouldn't take it out of the equation. Like I wouldn't uh, say that it would never happen, but I don't have any, like I it's not even in my short or long term goal pile like in okay. my brain. But it's one of those things where I could easily, because it's in the same realm of things that I enjoy, it's one of those things that I could wake up one day and just be like, I've got an idea. I think I could do this better or whatever, right? And, and yeah, like it could, it could. I will say this though, I do have files on my computer prior to starting this channel. I just remember this now because it's been that long. Um, okay. That I actually tried to, because of Mage Knight, I tried to. I enjoyed what Mage Knight did, but and I liked what they did with hexes and all that kind of stuff. But I was trying to, and this is back when you know, again, I hadn't played every game under the sun, so I didn't know what was out there, and a lot of what I was thinking probably was already done. <laughs> uh, I just hadn't found it yet. But essentially, I started like you know drafting up these like documents of like, uh, actually, this is crazy. I'm even remember this now because I actually have the files on my computer in front of me. But essentially, I just was like goofing around trying to figure out like how I could actually structure a game board and the cards and what they would look like because even me and uh my uncle rod had messed around with making a card game 
like back in don't the day. tell me that Ronnie and, like, and, and you like, have designed a board game no no like like none of, none I of need the, to it back wasn't that. really a game but it was <laughs> kind of like we'd have like silly like we would take a, a template for a card or something and then throw some fl- you know how the cards typically have like a line of flavor text and like i think my uncle was like messing around with that stuff and i would i would kind of come in and try to add one or, or make one on the side we were doing it just to kind of goof around yeah. back when we had big imaginations on things <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh but yeah like i i don't I don't even know why that just kind of all came flooding back to me, but I definitely was exploring it before starting the channel. And I think that's probably what drove me to the channel was I started going, okay, maybe I'm not really cut out for this game design thing yet. I think I should just move towards, you know, showing people how to play games. And then yeah. that just took off. And then, but you're right. Like it's kind of one of the things where like the more experience that you have with the amount of games you play and just the time you spend that we all spend in like this hobby, you eventually become more knowledgeable with stuff. Even if you don't even plan to, you just kind of soak stuff up. And then eventually you see somebody do something and you go, that's really good. But like, I think I could take that concept and then just add this little extra and I might be able to make something totally different. So. Yeah. You know, I just, I just got this crazy uh, picture on the Kickstarter website uh, of the most successful Kickstarter ever designed by Adam and Rodney Smith. <laughs> that would be a blower mind, like, completely. <laughs> That's why when you were telling me, like, oh, funny? Yeah, me and my uncle, we we were goofing around designing. I was like, what the hell is he just saying? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, and I, yeah, I want to make it perfectly clear, this was not recent. This is like, teen, like I was a teenager, and I'm... Uh, oh, yeah, so. now I feel more sad. I mean, come on. Yeah, man. this is not, yeah, so... But Bring the thing is, it, I do specifically remember like taking literal card templates. I think I think if I remember correctly, what he'd done is he'd like scanned something into his computer of a legit card, and we had wiped the content of the card, and we're using the template to kind of like try to mock yeah. something up, essentially. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so who knows what it was for? I have no idea what game. He would probably remember what game it was better than I would, because it was probably on his computer we were even doing it. But uh, yeah. Um, but anyway, he he was yeah. He definitely had. Uh, he definitely had an influence along with him, you know, a number of other people inside the hobby that kind of like got me interested in this stuff. And, uh, and I, and I already had a bug cause my family's always been into games. So it, it was kind of already there. That's good. That's good. That's, you, yeah. you know, I'm trying to turn all my family into games. I play with there my wife go. and all the stuff, but I'm, I'm trying to get everybody brothers and all the stuff. And in that way they can all enjoy the hobby. And I guess it's, it's happening very often. In their own way. Yeah, exactly. And that's yeah. the thing. Like everyone's gonna enjoy it to a certain whatever level they feel comfortable with. And then when they're ready for more, they'll they'll be ready to go. And my last question for you, Adam, before we wrap up, because you know, like I said, I've been having a blast also. Um, what do you think about you know it's 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 a very recent topic and people go back and forth about this and people there some people are very sensitive about this theme. We talk about uh Manchester of Madness, we talk about Imperial Souls. Now, mm-hmm. recently, you had the video about Lord of the Rings, which is probably one of my favorite 2019 games. I love the Journeys in the Middle Earth. It's it's a great game. I just I'm having a blast painting the miniatures, playing the game. It's very You're painting immersive. them. Can you yeah. send them over to me? <laughs> I know, right? Well, <laughs> Please. Yeah. I mean, I I I would love to. In that way, I can no, one of the videos or something. But I mean, no. What I'm saying is that. I mean, the fact that it, uh, first Martian, we talk also about it. Um, mm-hmm. Those games, they bring the app to the table. Mm-hmm. They bring the tablet to the table, which, in my opinion, it's great. I mean, it works perfectly. And I love to see where these uh, two atmospheres, technology and board games, 
how they're going to be keep getting rower together and you know build that bridge even stronger but there's some people which is fine too that they don't like when when you involve technology in a board game because sometimes you can see, I, I guess i understand that their point that is like well you're taking away that um you know essence from a board game which is zero technology and just the board game right the components what do you think about that what do you think about games that they are now bringing apps in order to avoid uh you know too many decks of cards or play as at the dm or or whatever that they use it for yeah that's it it's to me there's like a bunch of different aspects in my head but like one is like there's an element of balance that they that's probably the hardest to figure out what the line is for that like in terms of you bring an app into <clears throat> you bring an app into a design of a game and your your goal likely because i've never done one myself is to probably is to streamline certain aspects of the of the of the game plus at the same time if you're really lucky uh, enhance the whole experience as a whole right like you're yeah. hopefully not taking away from it um but like yeah that the element of like how much do you how much of the contents of a if the game was just created to be on the table with no app and there was a bunch of card decks everywhere or whatever it is you know to to deal with the mechanics of the game like how much of that needs to disappear for the app to be useful is a weird balance in my mind like that's where i think design like when it comes to games like the lord of the rings mansions of madness i think they found i think with mansions of madness being that they already had the board game designed in card form and had the first edition of that one already kind of yeah. out there, it gave them a base to say like, okay, so here's how Mansions of Madness plays. Some people love this, but other people think this is pure chaos, like actual chaos to even just manage the amount of going on, or maybe just the time it takes to play a game is just outrageous. So it just yeah. doesn't make it to the table enough. So it's like, how do we, how do we kind of like streamline or, or get rid of the, the GM aspect of the whole thing and have it be automated and all that good stuff. So to me, that's easier because you're looking at a product that's already hit the table. You can quickly ask the people that already own it, or you can even just play it in house and go, well, what are the obvious things here that are kind of like just not working or causing too much time or fiddliness, remove them, put them in the app done. And you can essentially, it's almost an instant win really. And I yeah. think that's why when they implemented it, it was so well received because if you, liked apps and the idea of them being implemented into a board game you were already on the on the train to pick it up anyway and then if you didn't like it you were kind of going well you know what there are some aspects of the original version that you know kind of annoyed me and and you know in terms of the fiddliness and it'd be nice to see like if this actually makes it better and then and then that might have won some people over but when you just come out the door with a brand new design and say it has an app I think people just inherently go like red flag like like it, you know what what have you just pulled away what, what is yeah. not in the box. Um, th there's a couple of things that also come with it that I find is a little bit silly though. Like in terms of the concerns, like I've heard concerns that are very, very common. Like, well, what happens if the support of the app goes away or the, or the app just disappears into thin air. And, and I always kind of like that one blows my mind because I just know how humans are with technology and, and stuff like this. And even just like at this point in time, present time, we have multiple devices in our house, you know, in most cases, um, yeah. And these types of uh, apps and stuff like this can be run on sometimes Steam, sometimes in iOS, sometimes in like Google Store, whatever. And when you know it works on a particular device, and if you like that game so much, if the app is installed on that device, you have that forever. Like the only way it's ever going to go away is if you actually delete it. Like you have to either sell that 
that particular technology away or yeah. you have to delete it because otherwise it's yours. Like Mansions of Madness is going to sit on my, uh, on an I like on my iPhone or whatever. But at a certain point I might sit there and go, yeah, they may never update this app again, but I'm just going to make sure I leave it on an old iPad and I'll even put the old iPad that's now worth 50 bucks or a hundred bucks, which is like, you know, in you know one of the older versions into the box with the game. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just for the game, I guess. Like and, happened- and it, it actually has like Imperial Assault and Lord of the Rings and all that stuff on it because like what, like, I just don't. I, so that mindset to me confuses me because it makes it seem like someone's saying, "Well, I only have one device, and if I upgrade, then I automatically someday might lose this." And I'm like, "No, it's, I don't think that's how it works, really. Like, unless you're selling and flipping your technology so quickly that like you just only ever have one, then yeah, maybe. But I don't think that's the norm for people anymore." Well, that what happens to me actually. Does it? With, yeah. With my Imperial Soul, yeah, and I hate it okay. because I didn't realize I, I I was I did a mistake though. I should yeah. have played with my app, with my I'm sorry, with my iPad. I use my iPhone. Okay. There it goes more commercial for Apple, Apple, cell phone <laughs> or something supportive. <laughs> but uh, but uh, I I upgrade my iPhone, okay. and then when I was downloading all the apps to yeah. my new iPhone, I was like, dang, I hope it didn't get lost. I hope it didn't get lost. Please, please, please. When oh, I, sorry, you're talking the save game though, right? Correct? Yeah, yeah, like I had my campaign like halfway through on the on the Imperial. Okay, song. okay. I just want to make sure I didn't miss it. Yeah, okay. yeah. So sorry, my accent. No, 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 <laughs> but, no, it's fine. But when I when I when I uh, upgrade and when I install again again the app on my new phone, yeah, that was it. So that's, that's brutal. That, that's smart yeah. to do. Like, like you said, like I never thought about it. Just just have like an old tablet or something just for the board games. And that's that's essentially what I've done because I, I kind of went well I've, like even in our house we have uh, one of the original iPad minis and we have like one of the original actual iPads and I mean we haven't actually bought another upgrade to those iPads in a while we'll probably have to soon because we'll be forced into it because of the way technology evolves but like yeah why would I bother selling one of those iPads that are now worth they're seven generations behind <laughs> like yeah. if I sell that thing someone's giving me 50 bucks. Just so I might as well just put that thing aside yeah. and, and know that inside that inside that product, I've got four or five board games wrapped up in that thing. Yeah. And, and it's going like, to be there like... until I get rid of the – and at the end of the day, like, I don't know. It, it, to me, it's, I understand completely, though, the save game thing. That is a kick in the pants because I – that is just a technology thing where it's like if they just – if your save game doesn't come over or maybe it's – it could be a user error thing in terms of, like – how you moved it or whatever, but it also could be that the actual app didn't keep the save game, <laughs> which yeah. is bad. So it's like, who knows, right? But like that that part of it, I could completely understand the frustration of like going through a full campaign, getting halfway, or not full, but halfway through and then upgrading your phone and being like, well, I'm never playing that game again because I don't have a save. <laughs> well, I'm going to play it again, but I, I'm try, I'm thinking about cheating. Just do the app thing. Like, okay, yeah, I killed this guy. I killed this yeah, guy. I killed yeah, it, yeah, I killed yeah. the guy. Until I get to the point that I wasn't. Okay, cool. Let's keep going. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, you can yeah. speed run your way through it. Yep, that's yeah, true. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Just, you know, kill some guys. Let me hit a little bit and kill again. And but The more the I end, look at the app stuff, I just, I look at it from the standpoint of like, it's, there are people that just, so there's a lot of people out there that are going to spend a lot of time on a computer all day long. So when they come home, they just don't want to have anything to do with the computer. That is yeah. totally valid. And in that case, you can't even argue it because it's just a flat out like, hey, I already spend X amount of time in front of the screen. It doesn't matter what your reasons are. <clears throat> I just don't want to see any technology in front of me. But the thing that I find is that I think 
this is just generalizing everybody so this is probably bad <laughs> but i yeah. think as time goes on and as we progress and and stuff is in and decades go by whatever i think that mentality slides away i think yeah. it's i think a lot of that is kind of just stuck in terms of like what a person was used to like what a person was like used to as their downtime like like for me my downtime my enjoyment my detoxing from a day work is doing the channel stuff yeah but that's not for everybody that detox would totally not work for a handful of people it, it, it'd make yeah, no, no, i agree um so yeah so it's just kind of one of those things where it's like i think over time it's and it's already shifting i think it's already kind of that mindset's already changing because now we're seeing companies turning around and saying well you know what it's not just the app now like you know um I'm going to call them Simon because I just refuse to use the word. Yeah, come yeah. on. I, I'm going to wait for the day they change it back because I just. To I, cool I'm mini so or not. not gonna, <laughs> yeah. I'll actually just call them cool mini or not. Cause I will never say come on ever. Yeah. <laughs> Although well, I just, some, pe- some but people, I will, they call it. Come. I won't say it out loud anywhere else. <laughs> yeah. I just but, find it, find it funny. Cause it's, it's just one of those things where it just, it just doesn't make sense. Um, but when, like when they announced that product, um, the new table. Yeah. Like I was kind of going like, Again, if they make it universal so that other games can get in on it, very cool. Um, it seems to kind of enhance the experience. And to be honest, like, I mean, even as a solo gamer, like, because we're not playing with other people, some of the biggest, some of the busy, busy, uh, most exciting elements you can add into your solo gaming is music. Uh, you know, like, you're, you're, if you're just playing by yourself, like, music, atmosphere, like, your lighting, like, all this kind of stuff are things people use to kind of, like, get into a game and kind of zone into it. Mm-hmm. I can't see why a solar gamer wouldn't want to have something that not necessarily is automating everything, because that would be, I mean, it could be really good if it's yeah. implemented well, but it also could be kind of, un, you know, there's an aspect of, like, controlling the robot that kind of feels fun. <laughs> yeah, I know. And, uh, but yeah, like having something that interacts with you, uh, as you go and make sounds when you knock open doors and stuff could just add another level of immersion to it. That's kind of cool, but it's a tough one. It is a tough one because the more you make that immersive, the more you're getting away from it being in a, a board game. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's a weird line. It's like, it goes so far until it's no, until you're looking at something that's just not a board game anymore. It's like an electronic version of something on the table. Yeah, I can I can see that as well. So it's like, how do you? Yeah, and and the only other comparison I can give that to in terms of in terms of like other industries would be um, uh, like what's going on with VR. Although it's a heck of a lot further along than yeah board gaming, but like that's really VR has has been in a test period for years. I mean, it's it's probably not so much anymore. It's because it's getting into the AAA type stuff now. But like it has been. Uh, it, that mindset has been there where people are like, is this really going to take off or is this just here to try? Um, you know, stuff like this, right? Cause there's so many barriers to get past. There's like motion sickness and all this stuff they got to deal with to try to like get to the point where everyone's comfortable. And it's the same thing with the electronic stuff for board games. It's like, to what point do you get to so that at least 75% of the people, if not more are comfortable with that yeah. on the table. It's, it's definitely a, a very thin <laughs> line and, and, and I mean, I'm the kind of person that I'm up to. I mean, to involve, you know, include the technology on games. For yeah. example, if if you probably take a look at my Spotify, yeah. I have every single different playlist according to the theme that I'm playing. Even for example, for the game that I really like, that is this War of Mine, mm-hmm. which is a very sad game, and you know, it's about the war, trying to survive, trying to basically avoid. Yeah, super heavy, the, right? 
yeah, it's pretty heavy. And I mean, it's the the, the events that comes out like suddenly you you it's in, it's in the night phase and you go to try to look for supplies outside, but then you can get killed by a sniper by a sniper. Or when you come back, the other survivors on their house they were either killed, raped, or you know crazy stuff. Um, that's anyway. a, that, you know what the, the thing with that game and i don't want to interrupt you but i just want to say like that is a fantastic game to bring up because like, like that game to me that's another one that's an under the radar game like oh, it's yeah. not like under the radar in terms of like it got a you know it got some award like, people enjoyed it like it's a popular game but it to me it deserves way more praise than it got when it originally landed like yeah it, 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 it was like it did something that no other game could do, which is like literally draw out raw motion, like when you're playing the game, which is super hard to do. Like even horror games to date can't capture that kind of like, oh, that makes me feel uneasy. <laughs> like just yeah, reading no, and, and that game really captured it because <laughs> yeah. you, 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 you develop these characters, basically. You're trying to keep them alive mm-hmm. and suddenly everybody's fine and no, you know what? Somebody shoot at him. Now he's dead. And That's it's it. your decisions, right? It's your decisions yeah. in, in most cases that led to that. And you've got to sit there and go like, wow, that's what it, but that's what life's like. Like that's what that situation if exactly. it was a real situation would be and, like, like that's and, what you feel. And, and that's why I guess I, I decided to include the, the part yeah, of the show where I, game. where I also, I also tell all of you amazing friends that if I rather play a game solo or cooperative, right? in, in, in this case, I rather play the game solo because playing that game cooperative is very 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 hard because i mean the decision of someone can mess it up everything yeah everything and you're playing and you're playing a game for three hours and then suddenly somebody decides something that it doesn't seem like a bad decision mm-hmm. but then consequences happen and that's it and so anyway but even for that game i have a play a song playlist so what i'm trying to say is like okay i'm yep. up to yep. like, like to have that immersiveness with with the help of technology, music, and in that way, I, I enjoy my games playing with with mainly soundtracks of that has something to do with the theme. And but yeah, I'm up to the technology. I'm looking forward to see how it's gonna be in the future. Um, I guess I will probably at some point somebody includes. Uh, well, you know what? I was gonna say like if somebody includes VR in a game, I will probably like it. But that's a lie because one <laughs> of my wh- one of my favorite cooperative games is uh, Chronicles of Crime. And oh you yeah, have a, it's such a good game. And you have the oh, VR where so you're good. exploring the crime scene, and it's fantastic. I, I love it. You know but, what? So when my uncle came over to visit me um, earlier this year, he played that for the first time at my place. Like okay. so we like yeah, so we played that, and he he left there, and he was like, I think he went to he was he was going to a convention here in my city, and after he played that, he like I from what I understood, he just like fell in love with it, like he loved it, like he's just like yep this is awesome <laughs> yeah <laughs> because no, like because it's... it's like a two-page rule book it's mm-hmm. all intuitive it's mm-hmm. like you, you just play the game there's none there's no there's no like you're not arguing over the rule i mean sure you could gum things up you could scan the wrong card or something and, and kind of yeah. do things up that way but like for the most part pretty pretty on track like even for your first go you probably aren't going to make many mistakes if any at all um and yeah, it's really good. They did such a killer job with it, and it's like bite size. You can just you know crush one out in an hour and 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 be done. And that game, it's mainly technology because it's yes. like you say, you're yeah. scanning VR and stuff like that. And still, I mean, I don't see anything wrong, but you know, I can see where some people can be like, oh, whatever. But like you said, I think those um those yeah. uh, that way of thing is gonna keep changing or upgrading, I guess. 
But the other thing too, like with that one, I'll say as well, another thought that came to my head is like, I like that they, you know, as they test this stuff out to see what people are going to like and dislike, they're not also just flat out forced. I mean, well, if Mansions of Madness, you're forcing people to use the app. There's no choice, right? But with the Chronicles of Crime one, you could technically just look at your phone flat without the 3D glasses. So that was kind of nice to see them say like, yeah, we get it. Some people don't want to do VR or maybe they get motion sick, maybe just standing up and flipping around in 360 in your bed, in your room for someone that's got an injury is not a doable thing. Yeah. So it's like, okay, so they accounted for that. So that's actually really smart on their part, on their part. Yeah. On top of the fact that it's transitioning into new technology and and using it in board games and all that. Yeah. That game is is fantastic. I think it's the best example that, that we can bring for a technology game also. But Adam, I had a total blast having you. Yeah. This was a lot of fun. Yeah. I hope, I think this is going to be the longest episode ever. (laughs) No, which I'm glad because you know, that that is i mean we can talk about another two hours about many, oh, many we can other go. things in the we hobby can yeah keep going forever but for that for that hopefully we will have the round adam smith round two on the on the show um but anyway i what's next for adam smith are you any convention coming up um you know besides the patreon project right now that is i'm pretty sure it's going to be a very successful patreon what else is coming up for adam smith I don't know. Like, I think for I think the Patreon was the was the big thing to get done for this year. Again, a reason I even started was because a lot of people were just asking me for it. They were kind of saying, like, I actually got messages saying, like, "Hey, I'd like to support you in general. Like, how do I do that?" And I was kind of just like, "Well, watch my videos and like me." <laughs> like, I'm like, that's that's it. So I think it just after a while enough people asked, and I was like, "Yeah, you know what? I can." I think I can find the time to add the perks, so it's worth doing it. So yeah, that was just kind of like the last thing for the year to get done. Um, for for stuff I want to get done this year in terms of what's next um 2020 adam 2020 what's coming 2020 so it's probably more so lining up um the odd kickstarter preview like trying to find games that i think are going to be interesting for the for the year and stuff like that uh nothing most of it's not too far off like it's not too too far in the future so uh because a lot of it comes um one thing that board gaming hasn't really nailed down all that well is is getting prep time i think a lot of companies kind of go from like hey we're at like 30% or 20% concept to like, we're doing the Kickstarter, let's get it done. And then it's like, oh crap, we need some, some backup support here. And then they start asking people. Um, But I typically just keep my eyes on forums and things like that. And as soon as games are mentioned, I go, you know, I start digging into whether or not it's actually interesting. And then I'll, I might ping them and say, Hey, like, I'd be, I'd be willing to to show this off to my community because I think it fits. And that's another thing too. I like showing stuff that people uh, that I think this, like the community, uh, at least on my, uh, channel it'll fit with them it'll be something yeah. that they'll actually like. and not every game is going to be you know a perfect match yeah. but yeah in terms of goals and stuff like that um i think the biggest thing that i want to do in the future to be honest and is through the patreon is probably move towards um like the behind the scenes uh photos and videos and then i want to move into a live stream at some point but that one's to me that's going to be it's a time consuming thing for me because it's it's one of those things where i'd like to make it a routine thing but not uh super routine when it starts but it also needs to be justified. So if it's going to take that much time and effort to kind of get it done and, and make sure the equipment's all there and everything's set up and works um, and just adding it in once again, like I said before, once something's added in, it's expected, like it's going to be, people are going to want it. And, uh, and that's a good thing, but I want to make sure when I start doing it, that I actually can do it consistently. So I think that's the next big thing. So I kind of threw that into the Patreon as a goal later on down the line. And who knows that that goal might shift in terms of where it's at currently, but 
Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to explore what's next, essentially. And I've got other thoughts in my head. Some of it I want to kind of keep in my brain, but <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I've got well, games and stuff like that coming up that I'm excited for and things like that. So Patreon's a way that I can kind of give back to the people that support me by kind of giving them access to some of that stuff, kind of like a sneak peek, like, hey, this is the stuff that I've kind of got, you know, on tap potentially, and here's what I know for sure is happening. And so it kind of gives fans like a little bit of like a heads up before anyone else knows, which is kind of fun. So there you go, amazing listeners and friends. Go right now, as soon as this episode ends once again, go and check it out. Once again, Rolling Solo in YouTube. In case you haven't seen it, which I wouldn't understand, but you know, I know you know where to find it. Go to YouTube, Rolling Solo. Uh, go to Patreon, in that way you can have those sneak peeks. Uh, I hope to see you on the Gen Con next year also, Adam. I hope that would be so much you. fun. My wife and I, we just went to actually to Toronto in Canada for nice. our anniversary trip but we have a plan that hopefully we will be heading towards the west coast as well in canada we have some friends in vancouver um so um anyway hopefully we can we can roll some dice uh, uh very soon and it was a pleasure to have you in the show once again i yes, look i look forward for the round two uh you know with adam smith and talk about games and talk about the industry and all this stuff uh more fun facts like the game that he created with his uncle Roger. <laughs> And it's hitting in some <laughs> in some vault over there, and hopefully in the future it's gonna come to life, and it's gonna be the most successful Kickstarter ever. It's gonna take away uh, the famous "Come on," like like uh, Adam Smith like to call Simon. Uh, <laughs> it's gonna take away zombies. It's gonna be like get ahead of get the hell out of here because now this is gonna be the most famous Kickstarter. Sometime we're gonna see that. But Adam, once again, thank you, thank you, thank you so much, uh, okay. because you know for this episode 50. You were part of it. You make it great. And once again, thank you. Keep doing great content because I'm like, we all love it. We all like it. And we want to see more from Rolling Solo. And I want to see more from yours as well. So 50 episodes. I'm looking forward to the 100. <laughs> oh, yeah. We'll see. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be also a big surprise, hopefully. But anyway, my friends, this was my friend Adam Smith. Once again, check it out. The Patreon Rolling Solo. Like always, remember. For victory. Go tell your friends. Till next time, see you through the speaker and at the tabletop. <laughs>